I had to play it. I, mean, that I absolutely was... had to. <laughs> because the word five-sided penis gone has become my favorite thing on the fucking planet. Five-sided penis gone. And I figured what's, it's a pretty good way to kick off uh, the 4th of July. 4th of July. Weekend with a... The, the real lyrics that were too political for, for the song. Holes <laughs> on Parade. Um, uh, you may notice that something looks a little weird on screen. Uh, there's two of Jordan. Yes. Um, we're going to be having Steve on in just a second. Yes. Um, and uh, we just we used four camera angles, yep. so we're just going to leave it at that. Yep. So uh, I figure we can let uh, Steve in here, and we can yeah. start off these Fourth of July. I think. Um, are we gonna Are we gonna do any kind of preamble then? No, nah, I mean. All right. I realized when we started this, I had nothing to say. Well, uh, I mean, there are some topical things that. I mean, the world's opening back up. Literally, there's an, an open hole to hell. Yeah, that uh, is pretty fucking wild. <laughs> that when I asked for for the world to open back up, I don't think this is what I meant. Yeah, I mean, when I saw that Florida building collapse, I thought that that was the end of the world. And then I saw this video and I'm like, oh, dear God. <laughs> it's a pipeline first. Yeah. The ocean is on fire. Yes. That's a direct portal to hell. It is. Yep. Incredible. Incredible. It's a good else? way to kick off the weekend. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm super excited. Uh, to see what what comes of this. Me too. I saw a tweet from um, Caleb that Caleb Huron, I think, is his name. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was like, you know what? I've just started telling myself that things aren't real, mm-hmm. and I feel so much better. And so he said, like, I saw that picture. I, I saw the video of of the hole in in the ocean, and I just con- convinced myself it was Photoshop, and I've been happy ever since. Yeah, yeah. Just don't think about it. Well, I mean, like, it's what's so real. funny about that that whole video is it's like again, like our responsibility to like you know not drive a gas guzzling car or recycle or whatever, and it's like. Oops! I forgot to put that plastic bottle in the trash can, and now uh, looks it, like it, I, it I caused summoned uh, Gorthalax. Yes. So um, anyway, uh, got anything else? Or? No, I think that's it. I just wanted to say hello, okay. and uh, yeah, we're Without gonna have our guest on. Further ado, here is Steve. Uh, mm. Let me unmute Steve, and then let me switch the cameras around here. <laughs> We've got a lot of things. I to know. Do I, I I like. To, I'm trying to do it all on the fly. There we go. And then let me move his little thing right here all right all right so this is uh, our good friend steve cox who's running for congress in california's 39th district He's don't mind a- me i'm looking down because i'm looking something up but keep going <laughs> oh yeah no worries and uh uh also our fellow fellow uh, shit poster in chief um <laughs> we're going to talk about a lot of things including him kicking the most brain dead people on the planet's hive the k hive and uh, a handful of other things but uh you know we uh 
We have this 4th of July weekend that is upon us, and uh, we wanted to uh, discuss the U.S. flag code. Yeah. Uh, so I was just that's what I was looking up because I wanted to get the exact words for it. Mm -hmm. um, it just always gets me on 4th of July because um, it seems like and this is kind of like a microcosm, I think, of the entire country. <laughs> Yeah, like, like the problems that we face and how backwards so many people see things, um, which I think are you know, it's like the center of our of our what we have to deal with yes. our problems. Uh, but yeah, the flag code. The thing about it, there's the U.S. flag code has a. Um, it's very. It's actually very clear. So I'm going to read this so that you guys can hear it or like you know understand it for yourself. First off, to understand what what the U.S. flag code. Now, this was a law that was passed like a hundred years ago, and they uh, it's no longer law. Mainly, be, I think it got thrown out of court because the uh, or got thrown out because the Supreme Court said it violated you know uh, rights. Like you should be able to do these things because it was actually a law. Mm -hmm. But but people are still you know patriots for the longest time until about nine eleven two thousand one. Uh, up until then, people still mostly uh, uh, went by this flag code as a rule, you know, like as like you would, this is how you show respect for the flag is you do these things, you treat it this way, whatever. So um, I was taught it because my dad was a Marine, is a Marine. That's how they, they refer to it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so he, he would, he raised me knowing all this stuff because he would have got his uh, butt kicked in the Marines if he wouldn't have uh, followed this thing. So, but here's the thing on the 4th of July, how many people are wearing flags on their their person? You know, meaning like their actual clothing. It is, yeah, like looks the, like a flag. The American flag hats that are made in China, all these kinds of things. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, but it doesn't even matter where it's made. Because here's the thing. So according to the it's U.S. more flag just irony code, to me. Is <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. but this is where it gets worse. Mm -hmm. According to U.S. flag code, the words flag, standard, colors, or ensign, as used herein, meaning within the flag code shall include any flag, standard, colors, or ensign, or any picture or representation of either, or of any part or parts of either, made of any substance or represented on any substance, of any evidentially, evidently purporting, of any size evidently purporting to be either of said flag, standard, colors, or ensign of the United States of America, or a picture or a representation of either, upon which shall be shown the colors, the stars, and the stripes in any, uh, in any number of either thereof, or of any parts of either, by which the average person seeing the same without deliberation may believe the same to represent the flags, colors, standard, or ensign of the United States of America. So essentially, if it... If it's made to look like the flag, it is the flag, according to the the U.S. flag code. Okay, that's you know I, that's a very long-winded way of you know. <laughs> I, thanks for bearing with me, but the point is, is I wanted to show how thorough they were about pointing out that this is what we consider the flag. Sure. Now, rule D of the first section of the U.S. flag code is the flag should never be used as wearing apparel bedding or drapery it should never be festooned drawn back nor up in folds but always allowed to fall free bunting of blue red and red and white always arranged with the blue above the white in the middle and the red below should be used for covering speakers lecterns so but they're saying that like never ever do you ever wear the flag 
as clothing mm-hmm. because and and the reasoning for that makes sense if you understand the sort of uh, this sort of idolatry of the flag like they, they want to keep the flag as this uh, special thing sure because you know you sweat on it if it's if the flag is your clothes like it, you know you have the flag printed across your chest in any any way shape or form or or whatever and you sweat on it or you you uh roll in the dirt or you get you know just get dirty cuz you're out of a dirty area or whatever you have now soiled the flag right <laughs> And, and that's disrespectful to the flag. But how many people who are, you know, up in arms about Colin Kaepernick and all this other stuff walk around wearing the goddamn flag like it's clothing all the time? And I'm like, you know, if you don't respect the flag enough to, you know, it, like that's insane. You don't have any respect for the flag. So how can you expect other people to ha- have any respect for it? Or how can you ask them to? Sure. Right. The, yeah. These people don't see it that way, but that's, that, that is the reality of it, I think. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's actually like what's made it kind of difficult for us to even uh, do this show at this point, because, you know, when we, we, and this will come back to it, but we, we knew that this, you know, inevitable administration was coming and we just knew that it would be Trump's policies, but they smile and they just lie. Right, about yeah, it. yeah. And like almost, and, almost you, and you put some, you put women in or, or gays or whoever, in or charge whoever, but, but, you good. know, surprise, surprise, women, black people, gays can be terrible people too. Oh, um, is that right? Is that's that's uh, that's right? Yeah, no, believe it or not, there's uh, we're, a wrench we're, in the plan. Exactly, we're not immaculate uh, hey, in any kind of way. Yeah. So. Jordan, I think you may have bumped me. I can't, I can't really hear a whole lot. There we go. I can I'm hear gonna, you. There we yeah, go. Yeah, it's, good, in, good, it's good, in his good, head. Good. I, my my yeah. USB interface is uh, messing with me. But anyway, so like what? But what's also made it just so ridiculous and like also hard to talk about is we also were shitting on the people that we knew were going to just entrench themselves deeper into their partisan politics, where like Trump was. Like on, from a policy level, basically '90s Bill Clinton. He was just loud about it and annoying, and then yeah. and then Joe Biden literally has demonstrated that he has the exact same policies and can't get out of his own way to really be much of a populist because he is so entrenched in politics for ninety five thousand years that he just has to placate Republicans at every turn because he is one. So what the inevitable outcome of that was is I think that you know out of out of a country of three hundred thirty million people, I would you know very generously say. About 300 million of them are effectively retarded, and and the and the idea is that eventually, like people that are well, I'll be kind, simple, simple, you know, simple people with simple things, and like so, the thing is, is like if if, you know, these kinds of people that have let politics rot their brain, I blame the internet politic clickbait stuff, and also the 24 hour news cycle, they get more and more entrenched into their own ideology. So if if their leader, even though they don't, these two people, Joe Biden, Trump, do not give a shit about you. But if they say this good or this bad, then they go, this is good, this is bad. And so it's it's right. it's absolutely just so predictable that people would act this way. And so I'm at a point of like I went from like uh, anger at these people, whether it be like people that I rally against on either side, to just kind of apathy because I felt like there would be some there was some semblance of some fundamental change that could possibly happen. And I've just totally surrendered on it. And so it, it, it which I mean, that's not not even a recent development. I mean, even after I think the first interview we did with you, like over a year and a half ago at this point, like I already yeah. felt that way. But I just sort of thought I, I thought that, like, if Trump had won a second term, it was possible that his saying the quiet part out loud and his absolute bombast could be something that would, you know, maybe convince people to start to see that we're. The, the elites are very good at making everything our fault. You know what I mean? Opposed to like them being the ones that cause the problems and then they just get us to fight with each other over Colin Kaepernick 
which yeah, I did, yeah well that's that's it's a divide and conquer or divide and rule it's it's thousands of years old that tactic yes. to just keep yeah. everybody fighting each other so that the rulers can do what they want yeah i mean exactly and and you know like i don't have any problem with what colin kaepernick did but it's like when you see nike getting behind him it kind of does make you raise your eyebrow of like okay well this seems to be like a corporate sort of advantageous thing for them to get behind because the anti-Trump fervor was so intense, it would get anti-Trump people to buy Nikes. And then conversely, like this kind of faux patriotism is just always been lame to me. I mean, even doing doing the Pledge of of Allegiance in school was creepy and cult-like to me. I mean, put it like this, the thin blue line flag that all these dipshits, you know, (laughs) fly with the, you know, to support cops. Mm Mm-hmm. When it's on an American flag and it's just a blue line in the middle, that's also a violation of flag code. Who the hell says that you can go and and modify the United States flag as like marketing for your job type or whatever? (laughs) Like it's the dumbest shit, but they but they do it right. Like people just like oh thin blue line, yeah yeah yeah. Okay, yeah. (laughs) You know, it's really hard to deal with. But on the Kaepernick thing, one thing that always made me laugh about that is I had a couple. uh, I had a couple of friends that were like, you know, I'm never buying Nike again, whatever. And then I also had friends that were like, you know, about time, you know, like about time, you know, because they had the because that was about the fact that the there was a shoe that they were going to put out that had the, you know, I think it was the original like the Betsy Ross flag on it or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Um, and then, and then, uh, Kaepernick said, you know, like raised a fuss over it and then Nike said they weren't putting it out or whatever, something like that. And, but the thing about it that made me laugh is that, uh, you know, because Kaepernick's reasoning was that, uh, it was because, you know, that was a slave, you know, flag, like, you know, slave owners were under that flag, Mm -hmm. which, yeah, you know, okay. Um, but every single pair of Reeboks has the British flag on it. And that that thing, I mean, every single pair has has a little British flag on it. And and that flag was the flag that we had before we had ours. And we already had slaves. So like that the British are also part of this whole thing, but nobody seems to mention it for whatever reason. I'm like, I'm like, so what everybody's, you know, on one side or the other about Nike, but what about, what about Reebok? (laughs) Right. Well, it's like, it's that thing of like any, any, like, I've not really seen a controversy. We'll even go back to Kaepernick, but even before that, that isn't really there to generate capital for someone. You know what I mean? And like, and whether that be social capital, but that always ends up leading to money. You know, it's, it's somehow... If you become a person, whether or not it's it, like a troll that gets a bunch of clicks, you get money, you know, capitalism, it, it, capital, I mean, baby, fuck, yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it, and so like at this point, it's like whenever like I used to kind of if I I used to feel like I would disagree or agree with, you know, Cap, Kaepernick, I never really felt anything about. But it's like bec- uh, but it's like, you know, certain controversies that happen, they just started to I feel like there was like, a glitch in the Matrix where none of them felt organic. It was just like, oh, this is being ginned up by, you know, the. Like, you know, the whole like elite complex. And this goes anywhere from like corporate, like corporations in the government are just, I mean, and then, you know, social media has a vested interest in which party they want to win. And so like, it's just as like, well, then they're going to promote whatever controversy makes the other side look worse. And then, you know, I I don't know the my pillow guy will, I don't know, make another pillow or where the fuck he, you know, whatever he wants to do. And uh, it's just, it's just made this like sort of utter sense of apathy where it's like, oh shit, like. And like even after Biden won, these brain dead fucking liberals uh, don't see themselves as as stupid as the fucking QAnon people. 
No, but that's the best part is that both sides are so dumb and they're also so sure of themselves. Right. Isn't that, and, and like, that's honestly, dude, I mean, it's like, as I got older, I mean, certainty is the enemy of wisdom. I oh, mean, of course. Big time. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I started yeah, to really. I'm only certain about certain things when like, cause, cause people accuse me of that a lot that I won't ever change my mind. I'm like, no, I change my mind all the time. But the thing is, is when somebody approaches you online and they're like giving you an argument you've already heard you know, a hundred times and you've already know that that is defeated. That doesn't mean that you're stuck in what you believe. That means that you already eliminated what they believe. Yes. <laughs> before they, they came across you, you know? So, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, obviously like, um, the quote that I like about that, I don't know whose it is, but it ain't mine. Um, is, uh, as the area of our knowledge increases, so too does the circumference of our ignorance. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that I think that's fine. That, yeah, that, that spells it out. It's just it's it's and this will get us into our K hive thing. But it's just this absolute <laughs> hive mind. And also too how how like Nike and Kaepernick and whatever. It's like, if you don't buy Nikes, that becomes your fashion. And if you buy Nikes, it's, it's your fashion. And so mm -hmm. like how this uh, Andrew Breitbart said this, believe it or not, that politics are downwind from culture. And it's he was right. And like how now these two things are so inextricably linked that it's now politics have invaded every aspect of our life. And this hasn't always been true. I mean, it's like, yeah. like you know, I, I remember like Obama, the whole world was just kind of asleep, you know, and, and you know, that allowed him to do whatever horrible shit he did. But right. at the same time, it was like, it didn't, you know, I, I feel like, you know, you, you watch a movie, we watched this, that movie Tenet last night, for example. And uh, that movie Tenet, the Christopher Nolan movie. Uh, the I don't one. even know what it is. It, it doesn't matter, but, but it was interesting. I, I didn't mention it to you, Sean, but I was thinking, so they have this, female protagonist who's like the love interest of the main character and uh she is uh you know kind of powerful in the way she speaks but ultimately she's she gets the shit beat out of her for like most of the movie essentially right oh um and it, it contextually Does she deserve it at least uh no it's by like the villain oh, but it, like contextually it makes sense but 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 then one of the arms dealers the main character deals with turns out to be like this girl boss type woman and i'm like they did that so they wouldn't get criticism about having the main female protagonist get the shit beat out of her the whole movie. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I, I, it was essentially a woman doing it. Yes, exactly. And so it was, it was, it was, or ordering it to be done or anything. I mean, it was yeah, just, yeah, exactly. it was so, and I didn't care. It wasn't distracting. Like a lot of these things end up being, but at the same time, you're just like, you can't, you can't consume or there's like nothing really available that doesn't have some sort of political message behind it. And what sucks is that things that are good uh, on a progressive standpoint ends up being uh, like they can't get out of their own way. It's like and like they don't realize they're being manipulated by like corporate Democrats in order to believe in this kind of woke shit. And I hate that word. Now. I'm looking desperately for a new word. Um, then woke then woke yeah it's just it, I, so tired I'm just tired and it's kind of lame but uh i can't i don't have a better word to like just all i don't think i've ever it. even typed that word i know <laughs> i know like basically basically like i just don't I, care it's just corporate it's, it's a corporate uh pandering uh for you know for profit essentially is, is the idea yeah. and like woke to me is like sort of it, it's just tied with uh capitalism but but it, it really you know, the K-Hive is a perfect example of this just utter fucking brainworms. I also don't think is organic, by the way, but I'm curious to hear your oh, thoughts. Oh, no, it's not. It's definitely not organic. But, you know, I think that uh, 
we have a bit of a like not a bit of but we have a, a mental health crisis um in our country mm -hmm. and um a lot of people uh are searching for you know something to make them feel the way they want to feel whatever whatever that feeling is you know and sort of being part of a team or whatever uh you know that that's that's a desirable thing for a lot of people i think so that so you know principles sort of go out the window when that happens when when people are worried more about um you know fitting in than they are about what they believe or or whatever so um and online the problem with with online is even if people start out genuine and wanting to talk about things uh you know in a good way you know like uh, in good faith and things like that it doesn't last because the you know, as soon as you disagree with somebody about something online, th then they start like reacting to the idea that there's an audience, right? So do they look stupid if they say, oh, yeah, that's a good point or whatever, you know, and depending on whose page it's on or whatever, you know, like whatever their ideology is, like you can't talk sense to people when they're like sort of they they view themselves as being as being uh um, watched by their team, by this team, you know, that, that we're talking about, the, the, the group that they belong to. Mm -hmm. um, and so that team, you know, is going to, they, they view that as, be, you know, they imagine those people are watching them. So like they got to stand by their guns and they earn, you know, some sort of social credit or something by doing that, you know, by, by, and it's just, it's so stupid. Like the whole thing is just really, really dumb. And, and, you know, this K-Hive thing, like, Honestly, I don't even remember where. All I know is it, the the Democrats mainly. I, I don't know who all voted for it, but the but making uh, Juneteenth a holiday, uh, a federal holiday, which yeah, that's fine. Like yeah. I got no problem with it. Mm -hmm. But I made a post that was basically saying that you know because this is how this is how our government works, and especially how the Democratic Party works, which is they 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 force people to beg and plead and and scratch and fight to get this to get their attention at all and then and then they turn and they'll give you just this little symbolic something just something but as long as it doesn't cost them or their donors anything like uh you know then they'll they're able to do that stuff for people right right and 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 then they but then they they do this afterward they do like a pr campaign to try and show how this is moving some needle somewhere you know that it's not moving right um but like this is this is the the mo of of that party specifically like that's the 1994 assault weapons ban um uh, along with the crime bill but mainly the assault weapons ban where they they uh designated uh mainly rifles by the by their aesthetic characteristics yes um, and then banned them, even though at the time, even they accounted for, you know, all rifles accounted for like one and a half percent of gun crime Yeah. Um, at the time. And it's like, and then they just paraded it around. Like, look what we did for you guys, everybody. How about right. it? Huh? Yeah. Like, look what we did. And the thing is, is like, uh, and this is how, you know, the get, how, how, you know, the jig is up or how, how, you know, how they think about this stuff and that it's a, that it's a total scam, which is that. They put in that bill, uh, speaking specifically about that bill, they put a 10 year sunset provision in it so that it would expire in 2004. And that was basically them just trying to hedge their bets that things would do, be doing better or something. And then they would be able to sell the public 
on the Democrats having to be in power to make sure that that thing uh, got re redone, you know, like uh, uh, reinitiated or whatever, mm -hmm. continued on. So that was purely like their, their whole motive for putting a 10 year sunset provision on that was to, to get to make sure that they still had power or could get it back. Um, in 10 years, it was a political move. Now, if you really think that those weapons are dangerous and that they cause this existential threat to the public and, and all the things that they talked about at the time, it's fucking irresponsible to put a sunset provision in the bill. Like you would just leave the bill, right? Like that, like you want to be, be like, good job, everybody. We got it done. We're going to save all these lives or whatever, yeah. right? But but I don't even think they really believe it because if they did believe that that the guns would you know that banning those guns would save anybody's life uh, you know statistically, um, then they wouldn't have uh, put the sunset provision in in the first place you know yeah. like and so that's the thing is it's all a game and and, and uh, you know these K hive people a lot of them are hired and stuff anyway yeah like th these are these are people they get paid by by either Democratic uh, Party uh, affiliates. Or, or, you know, these, whatever they are, think tanks or whatever, like correct the record and Ameri uh, like Americans for progress or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Is. Centers mm -hmm. for American progress. That one, yes. Yeah. All yeah. that sort of shit. So like, you know, they're getting paid to, to just be annoying shit bags online and, and, and they get know, boosted by bots. They've proven that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, I just have, you know, I've said this before, but like since this pandemic started, I, I have a lot more um, patience for people I see in public, you know, at the grocery store or whatever. Like I'm, I, I'm in much less of a hurry, mm -hmm. and and I'm you know much more patient with people. Um, and online, it's the opposite. I, I I'm, <laughs> I'm over it. Like mm -hmm. these people come at me, and I'm just like, get the fuck out of here, man. I'm I, like, I'm not gonna deal with this shit. Like, and because because you know, like by their line of questions, usually if there's a genuine debate or something starting with people, um, they'll they'll ask a certain number of questions, and I'll answer them. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll almost always I'll answer them if I see them. But then the follow up to that tells you where they're going, right? Sure. The follow up is like. Like, do they go, oh, that's an interesting point. I really would. Or do they like completely dismiss or, or not even address that and then move the goalpost to try and attack you somewhere else? And if they do that shit, I'm like, yeah, you're out of here. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's 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 difficult to, you know, because like, you know, especially over the last, you know, the last five years or so, it's, you know, if I'm in person with a, a real life person that seems to have general like genuinely good intentions, you know, they could believe every single ounce of the opposite viewpoint as I do. Because right. what I've found is like generally they want the things that I view as good in the end. They just have different ideas on how to get there and then some deviations from that plan. You know what I mean? But in most end, cases, that's true. In most cases, you know, and so, you know, uh, like our, our, our both of our families are pretty politically divided and, and ultimately what it comes down to and politics come up and we start to, you know, people start to bicker is like, well, this is all we have is our family. So how about like none of this shit matters. It's all theater, you know, right. It, it, like yeah. this, this doesn't like it's who, bad theater, too. It's not even like, good you know, theater. it's not it's it's actually really <laughs> fucking boring. It's the worst movie of all time. And and, and like that's that's I'm, 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 I'm trying to explain theater to a couple of gay. Dudes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, no. Which which I think actually, believe it or not, like our ability to sort of navigate that is what's made it like, you know, my mother, for example, she's, you know, a Democrat and she's QAnon is like just this existential crisis in her head and it's like because every article she reads gets suggested about how QAnon is the blah 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 and she comes from like this spiritual kind of 
And to be to be fair, QAnon people aren't okay. Like no, they, no, 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 wrong. no, like no. They, but they but need it, help. Agreed, and that's but that's the thing, right? I mean, like I remember when I was watching, you know, when the fallout after the insurrection happened, um, it was it was uh, I, I was like these poor fucking idiots. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I felt bad for them. Did you know that during that insurrection, um, AOC was actually huddled behind a desk with a fifty cal and was uh, you know <laughs> defending. She was defending with a machine gun. Based. Um, it, it was like a pillbox behind her where she kept all of everybody else. Like she actually fought. <laughs> she had a she Gatling gun. She placed yeah. a bunch of claymores outside her door. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She did. She was a Super hero based. that day, actually. Yeah, and then so, she. Um, yeah, it, it, it. That that is the so like that is the funniest part about it. Like I, I really do think that AOC. This is a, an aside. Is a uh, she has like borderline personality disorder. You know, I think I think she's oh, like no, she's a narcissist, but it's, it's totally. in the same same group, same group, um, histrionic, histrionic. That's the one. Yeah. Well, histrionic, I know a lot about that, actually, um, <laughs> which, you know, my dating life. <laughs> I was just going to uh, say, yeah. Before. Dating women, you sort of tend to encounter uh, at least one in your life. Uh, that was my type, I think, for a long time. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. You know, like these super good looking, you know, women who said all the right things and, you know, did all the right things. And, and, then, and then eventually you're like... This doesn't add up. Yeah, <laughs> no. and, and then and then it gets the, you see the histrionic part because no one, no man, when they're good looking, would tell them no, and then when right. they told yeah, no, yeah. then it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, snap. Well, that's not the only way you get it. I mean, with those histrionic personality disorder is a you know there's a lot to it, but but it mainly boils down. It's a it's a form of uh, or I don't know if it's a form of, but it's it's closely related to it's a type b personality mm -hmm. disorder that along with narcissistic personality disorder borderline personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder which is the sociopath but i think that most 99 percent of politicians are are some combination of that with the center on on um the narcissist stuff like, right i, I mean it's they're narcissists it's that saying uh, that you know i think did Carlin says, I don't know, but it, it's, you know, uh, Washington's Hollywood for ugly people, you know, hey. it's, it's true, <laughs> you know, well, I think, <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you, well, you'll be the, well, I mean, you know, the thing is, is like AOC is actually beautiful. She's yes. a beautiful woman. Like, yeah. you know, in Congress, she's a 12 out of 10. Oh no, no question. You know? yeah, yeah. Like it's not even close, but, but. And um, I think that she's... also speaks a bit to the fact that like all of our attractive senators and, and representatives are the most popular and performative on twitter that they are the viral uh, celebrities of our government yes it's almost like the people are idiots <laughs> that's that's the, that's the thing and like that's and like you know it's funny because I, I know it sounds really crass for me to call like that many people retarded or whatever but really what it is is it's like it comes from a really deep sincere place of empathy for these people it, and it's like because it's what you were saying about how people make like you know, you were saying that a lot of it has to do with mental illness. And I think that it does. Um, but I think a lot of it. I is... mean, at a, at a minor level, I'm not talking about like, you know, complete nut jobs, but I think that people need help. You no, know? no, 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 no question. But I'm, and, and I, I agree with you on and I think that you'll agree with this, too, is it's like people's worst behaviors through online kind of participation is being validated. So it does make them sort of mentally yes. ill in, in like a classic way. And, and I think that a lot of this comes down to the fact that every human right now 
you, you know, uh, uh, you're, you know, you're a motocross rider. You're also a musician. I'm a musician. Sean's worked in theaters and plays and was a ballet dancer. Those were our identities before anything else. You know what I mean? Like us being yeah. gay was very unimportant because, well, I'm like, I'm a musician first. Like this is the other thing right. that I do. Yeah, and these yeah. people, Men. exactly, exactly. <laughs> right. And, and these people, um, like they've, they've now curated their image through their phone and that right. then becomes what is the most important thing to them. And so they don't develop a personality and they're kind of quietly flailing in desperation. So that's yeah, why they get trying so to find a place to fit in, which, um, you know, has never been honestly my thing. Like even when I was in school, like in high school and stuff, I was never in one of those groups. And I used to even, even as a, as a kid, I used to laugh, even though I was friends with like the goth kids and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, some of them, most of them, um, I would still kind of laugh at them because I always thought it was funny that they, they're like, I'm going to be an individual just like all these other people over here. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like the whole thing was just such a sham that, you know, like, and I was always just fine being by myself. I didn't give a shit. I would just do what I wanted. Um, you know, but, but uh, as a complete aside to that, uh, just because you brought up ballet and I don't want to forget, um, Sean, can you please, uh, can you post a photo of you in a tutu at some point? <laughs> <laughs> just for you I'll, I'll i'll dm it to you first maybe we can do a couple edits different All right. poses well, well, because there's a there's a second part of this which is can <laughs> oh, you God. please can you please explain what is going on in the in the crotchal region of male ballet dancers there's a thing to the, this oh yeah, yeah. i know exactly a, what this is so that is just such a huge amount of something there there's well, just a big it is Not that also, I stare, but I kind of stare. As a as a little side note, it is well known that male ballet dancers always have enormous penises. But, is that true? <laughs> is that true? Jordan, In my is experience, you have to go to our OnlyFans to find this out. In my experience, I've known many a male ballet dancer with a generous package. But wow. but that's so like not a, why that's not why you see every that's oh, not why you see okay. a giant bulge. Uh, the reason is when you're dancing, you wear something called a dance belt, which is basically like a male. Uh, it's Cassidy like belt. It's it kind of it, it really like it's like um like compression shorts, but just like briefs, like just that. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and they they sort like of have speedo, like a. It's like a speedo, and instead of having like a full back where you can see like creases, they just have like a strip of fabric that goes underneath. A um, g-string. It's kind of like a g-string, but, but but wider. It's like an inch right, and a right. half wide. Okay. Um, and it's so you can't see it when they're wearing tights and stuff. But the way you position your genitals inside these things is yeah because you got to get it out of your way or your legs right for all your your crazy uh, it's, moves you're gonna do it's or whatever dick straight up and balls on either side really so it's like yeah. a cartoon yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i used to yeah. draw that all the time <laughs> Like that's exactly on it like balls the on the side dick straight up so all of it is pushed up and forward as opposed to down and back when when like compressed you know so that's okay. why you see bulges and also too i mean your guys's job the men's job is to like you know flail the women around and so mm -hmm. the likelihood of you getting kicked in the groin would be pretty high well, also I would very often professional ballet dancers will have additional padding or a cup there Exactly that, so that they don't get injured. Because those chicks are like crazy. You got to lift them up, and they're yeah. gonna just. Rock and you're you right not the... you're not protected whatsoever because it's just tights that you're wearing most of the yeah. time in classical. It ballet. works for Superman, I gotta say. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, he mm -hmm. looks great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, anyway, I'm sorry. For, I'm sorry <laughs> for the aside, but I just heard about ballet, and it just like it went, my my brain went to those giant bulges in men's crotches for whatever <laughs> no, reason. Yeah, no, no. It's uh, it's actually I think a question I did ask you when we first dated. I was like, what what is that What's about? Going What's on going there? on there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's a it's a fair one to ask. Um, but uh, let me see. I had something that we could that we could. Leave I'm out. sorry. No, no, no. It's totally fine. I'm I sorry. Think... I give you a total. A total. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it was fine. I had a. Oh yeah. So this is it's kind of related uh, to the K high thing. Is like the thing that I've noticed, and this relates because I, I saw you participating in this, the the Jimmy Dore and the Young Turks. Uh, like, oh yeah. That whole, like kerfuffle. And, um, yeah. you know, it's interesting because, like, I, I like Jimmy. Um, I've, I haven't liked the Young Turks even since the early ages of political YouTube. I've just always found Chank to be one of the loudest idiots I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, he's a and, meathead. And I've just never found any of his takes to be interesting or nuanced or whatever. Um, yeah. But Jimmy was fun just in terms of just being a fuck you type of person. But now, yeah. like, I can only watch so many clips now of Joe Biden sucks. You know, I mean, I get I get it. He sucks, blah, blah, blah. He does suck. He totally sucks. But it's like it's usually yeah. just it feels like this circular thing. And, and I, I started like I've started to kind of yeah. tune out. Um, I like when he has Aaron Mate on, which was the point of this whole thing. Or, or and I liked Aaron Mate's dad, uh, Gabor, or like he's still alive as a reporter. Um and a journalist but is he still a reporter uh no not anymore he's he's yeah old. so you could say liked oh that's true yeah yeah that's true <laughs> um yeah past tense i just didn't want to make people think he was dead or anything yeah, um, yeah. but uh but yeah it was you know like this is it it kind of goes the k-hive thing and also how you were getting attacked by them by white ladies about how you're a racist for even I know, criticizing a, a black woman and so it's this purity spiral of the progressives that never has a bottom and they don't realize that they're they're just dividing themselves up so you can't progress. Right. And right. so and so what made me crazy about the Jimmy Dore uh, and Young Turks thing was it wasn't about the OPCW thing and how the Young Turks lied about it. It was about who was the bigger misogynist, Jimmy Dore or Chank. Like, which is by far Chank. Well, of course, I mean, of, of course, like, I mean, of course, but yeah, it just yeah. like, but to me, that was so inconsequential to the actual discussion, know. you know, and like, that's what they made it all about. And, yeah. and, I, and I respected Jimmy's point of like, and I, I called it out even with several different Me Too type things of how it can be cynically used to just like diffuse any criticism amongst yourself. People use race for this or homosexuality or like whatever. Yeah, but again, it's just the divide and conquer thing, right? It, it is. That's all, that's all it's about. But I mean, I've seen a lot of leftists that i know on twitter or in real life that that's what they're focused on and not wait a minute we, we shouldn't be airstriking syria like we just did you know I mean, that's the yeah point. but i think that that boils down to you know and this is said a lot but i but i legit i think it's said a lot because it's true i think it boils down to that person's particular privilege right so um if you're not worried about feeding your child or uh, you know, paying your medical bills or whatever, um, whatever struggles we all have, um, you know, th then, you know, people, people who don't worry about those things often don't, you know, they don't see why other people should. Right. Yeah. And so, so, you know, and frankly, I mean, this really sucks, but people, maybe everywhere, but definitely in the United States, when they see a child blown up by an airstrike or something like that, they see this picture. I think a lot of them just, they don't think that's a, you know, it's not an American kid, right? So, you know. I, like I think it, it's I think it's hard for people to comprehend human suffering. And it's not, I think it's almost a, it's almost a design of our brain in the sense of like, yeah, you know, like take take COVID for example. Like, um, I I don't I'm, I'm like not bringing up any either side on it, but more so that like 
I guess it was like the, the side that was like the, the Democrat Party line when Trump was president was like, basically, we found out that they were standing on the bodies of the 500,000 dead in order to make themselves look virtuous. Right. And I found people that were convinced by this messaging and not cynical about it like I was saying the same lines that like Rachel Maddow would say, for example. Right. Yeah. And then but I but uh. I would tell I would tell these people to try to deprogram them. I'm like, if you were to comprehend the human death and suffering that happens on this planet of 8 billion people every single day, you'd want to blow your brains out every day. Right. They're, they're, right. And so we have the capacity to care about 10 people, I would say, like a, a, like at a minimum, but I would say like maybe 20 absolute maximum. And, yeah, and, that's true. But 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 the difference is, is if you like, I don't have to care about every individual person on the planet or even in my country or even in Syria or, or wherever. Um, like, I think you can and should, uh, you know, divide it up so that so that like how I look at it is that it's a principled stand, you know, to be against war, um, especially when it's a unjust war for for oil money and, mm -hmm. and you know, this sort of stuff um, is just a principled thing. The 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 death and suffering is a part of war. That's that's what you get. You know, it's a feature. And, yeah, it's a feature. So um you know like i i like to it's hard to do but but i think it's actually helpful to take take a sort of a wider view and and take it from a principled position um you know about about humans in general and stuff um but but i still do use like pictures of these poor kids and stuff like that to motivate myself when i you know when i have campaign stuff to do and i don't want to do it and stuff like that. I have pictures on my phone that I look at that are really awful. Sure. And, um, you know, just to help, like, you know, understand that stuff. But like, you know, I think sometimes, though, there, there's also the other side of this, too, which is that sometimes when somebody is struggling and they have so much that they have to struggle with in their daily life, it's difficult to uh, worry about people on the other side of the planet who your country is blowing up of course know? of course and and uh and i i you know actually my biggest i would say like number one priority progressive stance is anti-war i mean it, it's it's just sort of been because mm -hmm. like again uh in terms of like not being able to comprehend all the death and suffering without wanting to die um th there there is a kind of a broader context that's a little bit more you can put it in a box in your brain easier, which is like, well, how about we just fight for our country to mitigate human suffering around the world, right? And like not be a participant in it, you know? Like, yeah. so I, I can't really control, you know, if a kid in Africa dies of malaria, you know what I mean? But in, in, in a horrible way with flies in his eyes, you know, it's a, it's a horrible image and sight. I'm sure you've seen that, that I think it was National Geographic picture that is just horrifying. Um, uh, by the way, that girl lived, believe it or not, that, that picture, but... Um, that's good. Yeah, it I is mean, good, but it's a horrifying image, regardless. Um, but but so but people they they it's it, again it's 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 people who back to that performative nature of people that are, have are having like an identity mental illness crisis, where they need to just get their ideas from other people and they can't form an original thought and compartmentalize like well, how how can I actually make a difference, even just with my words or talking to my friends. And, you know, saying like being able to articulate in a way of saying, well, anti-war in terms of I don't want America to do any more imperialist shit because it just it never it, it results in the same outcome every time. It's like a power vacuum that makes life worse for all the civilians there, not to mention yeah. the ones we kill in the interim. And yeah. then American soldiers die, too, or get cancer or whatever else. And 
uh, like that to me. Yeah, is but, a, but, yeah, but some private companies make a lot of money. So you have to really think about <laughs> the, 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 the people because the, the, they're people now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I mean, you're saying all this negative stuff and I'm just, I'm compelled to point out that, uh, the, the shareholders of Raytheon are doing just fine. Oh yeah. So, well, they're know, all, like, they're all, I mean, it's just a few thousand or hundred thousand or a few million dead people. Yeah. You know, like it's just, I mean, once you get past like, you know, 20, you know, it's kind of just all the same, I think. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 and it, it, and it, I think it really is that sort of thing of like people don't really know how to feel about it. And so they either yeah. take like the fuck yeah, the troops were bringing Jesus to the Middle East kind of group on the right. Yeah. And then on the left, it's like um, the how the interesting part in this is kind of relates to the Jimmy Dore thing and kind of Glenn Greenwald yeah, or yeah. whatever is like people have been convinced that journalists like Matt Taibbi or Glenn Greenwald are like right wing figures now. And I mean, they're a little bit. Uh, I think Taibbi considers himself a liberal, so he's he's a little right. A little right, sure. Um, but in, like, I've been reading his stuff since probably like twenty two thousand two, actually, when I was like first subscribed to Rolling Stone, and like he was always like a anti war and then like anti big bank kind of person in what he would report on. And yeah. and his people think that didn't he start out as a Republican like a long time ago? I never heard I about that. Swear. Now. Um, I could swear the first time I saw him on. Uh, on Bill Maher back way, way back. He was a Republican at that time, but I could be wrong. I, I, I never heard that. And, and, and certainly just based on his reporting, not knowing his affiliation back in, you know, 2002, I, I never, it was pretty like progressive kind of ideas in, in a world that was much further culturally right than it is right now. Um, and, and anyway, though, like, you know, I mean, I think that people would make the assumption that these two writers are right wing because they focus on one type of article they're writing about like criticisms of the Biden administration or like right. identity yeah, politics yeah. or any of these kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think they're both gay. Are they both gay? Uh, Matt Taibbi has kids. Uh, Greenwald is gay though. That doesn't matter. He's doesn't currently it? married. I mean, it doesn't matter, but uh, he, I, I, yeah, but, but Glenn Greenwald is, is delightfully gay. In fact, like I mm. love it when people try to argue with him because yeah. that sass that we can possess, it just def, it, like deflates anything. Cause it's, it's like, it's like this level of being cunty that is just a very powerful weapon <laughs> that he can wield. Yeah. But he leaves people unable to really respond. Mm -hmm. Like, it, you know, they're just kind of like, yeah. And that's the thing too, is he's smart. And, uh, but, well, yeah. but it's interesting because, because like, if you read everything, they like the people who are calling these people right wing figures don't read what they, they write. And, and well, and, not just that, but technically most of the people calling them right wing figures are right wing people. In what, you in know, what way? Because liberals are right wing. Oh well, yeah. You know, most of yeah. the people that freak out about criticizing the Democratic Party, they they, they go as far left as being a, a, a liberal, essentially. You know, mm -hmm. and 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 uh, progressive now it seems just means liberal, but also we like gays or you know whatever. Y yeah. But, but it's not really like a big, um, you know, they're still very pro business and you know very pro warfare and. But but all I think like sort of stuff, so. I think based on ignorance, it's like because like I, what I was getting to with, with talking the two about them is yeah. this fascinating shift through which I'm watching progressives in the left, like really truly left people, get yeah. behind our intelligence agencies, and like yeah, like, that's my favorite part about the Trump administration. What the that, fuck? That, that was my favorite part. Is prior to that, it seemed like liberals and leftists and progressives or whatever, however you want to describe everybody, they were the ones. Um, you know, 
who who are like, hey, we should be really careful about these. Uh, you know, the CIA killed you know Kennedy if you want to buy that, or you know, and Martin Luther King essentially was killed by the FBI. Iran Contra. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. All this different stuff, and it's usually the liberals and stuff up prior to 2016 who who are like. Oh, you can't trust you can't trust these agencies, and then all of a sudden Trump gets in, and now they trust everything the agencies say. Man, they are, like those agencies are one hundred percent right all the time. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> even when they contradict themselves, they're right. Yes, and um, and it's 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 awesome. Like I think it's so fun, and and it's really interesting because they did a poll. Of, I saw it a little over a year ago, but maybe two years ago, um, where. It was like how opinions changed by party affiliation over time on the war in Syria. Mm-hmm. And at first, like, you know, when Obama was in pre- was president, he started that, you know, he's the one that invaded Syria mm-hmm. uh, unconstitutionally without congressional approval. Yes. Um, after saying, by the way, that he was going to uh, that he didn't want to do it on his own and that he wanted Congress because of because of the constitutional factors and then Congress wouldn't do it and then he did it anyway. Right. So, you know, uh, but but back then uh, liberals were very like we have to like the in the polling, they were like, oh, you know, something like 70 percent of them, 65 percent of them, like we really have to do something about this Assad guy and whatever. And, you know, like we have a, a duty to whatever. Mm-hmm. And then a few years later, Trump's in and he's talking about getting out of Syria and they did the same poll and they, you know, they've been doing it over time, but like they did it again and it had essentially flipped where the two parties now believed the opposite of what they believed back when Obama was president about the exact same thing. And that to me is just like, like, do we deserve a, a country or a government like as a whole? Like if you're that easily, if you're that easily manipulated, if, if, you know, just based on the party affiliation of the person in the white house, that's what determines what's right and wrong to mm. you to such an extent. Like that is fucking depressing, man. Like and, that is really, really bad. And this is what I've really struggled with, with this, uh, like the progressives and even so far left is like the hammer and sickle crowd is like, you know, we had a, we had a pretty like decent chunk of people that were that kind of crowd. And then I would say like, you know, I'd play like a, Tucker Carlson monologue where he's talking about how we should free Assange. And I'm like, well, this is objectively good. And they're like, why are you platforming a Nazi? And it's like, but you, can he's you not out? a Nazi, by the way, <laughs> like the guy's, a, the guy can, the guy's a, a an actor, essentially. Yes. He's a performance artist. Yeah. But, but on top of that, like, I don't think he has real, uh, whatever values or, you know, principles. I, I, I think that he just says whatever, he thinks it'll go over well with his audience so he can get better ratings. I don't think it has anything to do with what he actually believes. He's a populist pundit. I mean, it's, it's weird. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's so basically whatever way the wind's blowing. So it's like, yeah, do I believe he has any conviction about saying that? No, but is it, is it nice for a right wing audience when he has like the largest viewership to hear that we should probably free Julian Assange? Is that objectively good? Yeah. 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 But, but, but probably, um, you know, in some imaginary world where John McCain was president when all this stuff went down and, um, you know, instead of Obama, uh, chances are pretty decent that, um, you know, Tucker Carlson would be, you know, for keeping Assange in prison. And, for sure. Like, you know, because it's that's that's how that system works. Right. Yeah. So, um, but but um, yeah, I. 
I just I always think it's funny because I don't think Tucker Carlson's a particularly smart guy or, no. or you know anything, and I don't I don't spend any real time on him at all. I watch clips occasionally on mm-hmm. Twitter when people post them. That's it. Yeah. Um, but like, I think that this declaration of calling people Nazis all the time. You know, it's kind of cheapening what a Nazi is. You know, during World War II, if you showed up to an actual Nazi rally with with fucking uh, helmets on, you know, like football helmets or bicycle helmets, holding a half a trash can mm-hmm. as a shield with a club in your hand, they would just murder everybody there, pour them into a mass grave, cover them with lime, bury them, and nobody would ever hear from those people again. That's what actual Nazis would do. Right. So... Like, it's not the same thing. I get so upset because it's like the actual Nazis were really bad, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <clears throat> super, super evil behavior. Like they, they murdered obviously millions of people in the Holocaust, but, but they had no, you know, no bearing, like, you know, no hesitation murdering civilians anywhere if that served their purposes. Like they were, they were really, really bad. And, and, uh, you know, everybody's a Nazi now somehow. And I'm like, that was the worst possible thing then. (laughs) How is it possible that we still have these things around? (laughs) Like in those kind of numbers. And they're, they're in mass media, apparently they're on TV. Well, it's, 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 it's not even just, I mean, the, the cheapening of words that used to have a lot of meaning, like, I don't know what racism means anymore. Like based on how often they call people racists. Like I'm like, yeah, well, based on that, it doesn't mean anything, but, and that's my point about the, um, about the other thing is that, uh, you know, using the word Nazi too much and then Nazi no longer has a meaning. Right. And it's fascism too. With, it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's also fascism. Like- the, the base of fascism is, is that when the companies, you know, corporations, private industry controls the government, like that's essentially the basis of it. Right. There's a lot of other stuff around it, but if you go by the basis of that, you know, essentially a corporatist uh, government, we've been a fascist country for at least 40 years <laughs> for sure yeah you know every single president has been fascist for at least 40 years uh, yeah I, I mean yeah. i would say at this point it's like a fascist technocracy <laughs> it's like yeah yeah <laughs> it's that's bizarre right. yeah um yeah but everybody uses it wrong you know mm-hmm. like the right the right uses the word fascist to mean um you know uh, oppressive or or you know mean i guess mm-hmm. like you know when when antifa shows up and they're beating on people with clubs and then they're like that's fascism it's like that's not fascism no that's not fascism that's authoritarianism is there's all kinds of words for it but it ain't fascism it's that's a, not what that is well and how often like let's take antifa for example how often that gets projected as like a big problem and i think it's like maybe it, it's like an, it's enough dorks to fill like the will turn you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. really, I mean it's they're just a bunch of dorks, and it's like, yeah. and again, it's like it's not even. And that- I maintain, and I've said this so long, but I maintain that the real anti-fascist, if you if you really meant it, and you're going to show up and really fight real fascists, you'd be carrying rifles. Oh yeah. Like all of them would be, and they don't carry rifles, and that's what makes me think even to them it's a it's larping. You know, it's it's mostly just about going out there and feeling like you did something good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, but it it's, has nothing to do with actually changing anything. And it's, again, it's, it's an identity. It's clothed. It's literally clothing. Of course. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, right. And it's, you know, it's proud boys, all this shit. And it's like, so, you know, it's this tough thing of like, so, you know, as somebody who's running for Congress where you would like have to, you know, discuss these things with, with people and try to convince the American public that they're being manipulated. How would you even go about doing that? Because that's where I'm totally at a question mark right now. Well, that is that is a tough um, that is a tough sell, and I've been trying to do it with 
you know, for the first couple campaigns, I did it mostly with just trying to reason with people. Yes. It hasn't worked that good. Like there's mostly it's people that already had an inkling of what you're saying before you said it. And then they start to come around a little bit more maybe or something like that, but you're not taking somebody and changing how they view the world, you know, um, if they're very set in it. And so, um, but you know, I do have some videos we're going to be producing that I think are going to start to try and make the point to people. Um, I hope, and it's more, they're going to be more theatrical type, uh, things where, where it's a, you know, scenarios and stuff. They're going to be political commercials essentially for my campaign, but it's not going to be like me walking around and, you know, shaking babies and kissing hands or whatever. Right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So that's not going to be, you know, like the normal, it's going to be types of campaign videos that people haven't seen before. And we've already, um, I've got two of them pretty close to done as in terms of writing and storyboarding. And then we got like three or four more after that, that we hope to get out. And um, I think that might make it like, if we can get them to really blow up on the internet, like uh, that could start to change how people view things. But ultimately, um, I do think that there is some power still in being an independent because in my interactions, at least face to face online is a different thing. Online is, uh, like I said, it's not really a, it's not really a good audience for changing anything about it, what anybody thinks, because it's all, you know, as soon as they're confronted with something, they don't, they, they say they don't believe or that they think is wrong or whatever, instead of considering it, they dig in their heels and fight, you know? So, but it face to face. Um, being an independent is a really big, uh, it's really good, uh, for this type of thing to be able to convince people because they'll always respond. Almost everybody you talk to, once you start really getting into real nuts and bolts of the problem that we face, most of them will, you know, if I, <laughs> if I'm talking to a Trump supporter, for example, I'll, uh, I'll start with on a given issue because I'm trying to talk to them. And if they're a Trump supporter, I'm going to try and approach the position how they see it right. and then tell them why that's not correct um to me and try and be kind about it, it, it you know as, as i can but just straightforward and matter of fact and so i'll i'll tell them about how trump is doing this or that or did do this or that bad and then they'll almost always respond with like oh well but but obama did what yeah. and i'm like yeah fuck that guy too yeah. like i you know and as soon as they understand that you don't like either party that you view, you know, then they start to like peaks their interest. Most of the time they're like, Oh wait. So you're not just like the other side. You're not the enemy per se. Like, you know, and, and so they start to like, and and you can only really do that as an independent, like nobody's going to, even if you would, which Democrats or Republicans usually would not, but even if you would disparage people inside your own party, um, you know, it just looks like part of it, you know, because you're in that party, it sort of spoils it, you know, right. because they're just like, yeah, but ultimately you're going to do the things that your party wants you to do. So, right. You know. So you'll just end up, you'll end up towing the same lines. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that's like, it, it's it interest, interesting because I've had the same, because I, I'm, I don't literally, I, there's no label I take anymore in terms of what I believe in. It's like truly just, I guess, independent is a nice, like kind of way to put it yeah. for me. It's, I just say homeless, totally homeless. And so like, but I think independence better 
Yeah. You know, because you're kind of making light of people who are actually without houses and shit. Yeah. <laughs> True. I'm sure they don't have a party affiliation like, either. They're though, not so. watching this show. They're not voting. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, so maybe maybe independence better. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Um, uh, I'll, I'll maybe give that a, but I usually, usually doesn't even come up. It's like, it's what happens is the same thing though. It's hey, I like, got, I got a, I got a visitor. Oh, yay. We love seeing her. Oh, hey, hang on. I'm going to pull my hear- earphones out so she can hear you guys. Come here, babe. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hello. Hello, Daphne. Sorry about the <laughs> echo. If there's an echo, I'll try and back it down a little. It's okay. That's okay. Um, yeah, the pic- she's so much bigger now. You see him high? You got see him waving? Hello. Say hi. Look, that's you. <laughs> hi, <laughs> Daphne. <laughs> the picture we posted with you on the thumbnail, she's so much littler. I know. Hi, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> hi, Daphne. I like your bow or a hair clip. What's her shirt say? I don't know. Uh, what does it say? I think it's just a picture. Oh, it's just a picture. <laughs> That's a little tight. Yeah, it's like a cheetah. A cheetah. Are you fast like a cheetah, Daphne? Are you fast like a cheetah, Daphne? Yeah. She's always so shy. She won't shut up when she's not on a podcast or whatever, but now. I think that it's it's object permanent. She does not understand what's going on right now. Yeah. Hey. 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 Give me a kiss. Take a kiss. Mm. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Blow kisses. Blow kisses. Go ahead. Do it. <laughs> oh, so sweet. Hi, baby. Sweetheart. <laughs> that's my that's my world. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that is the kind of like I was saying with family, that is what matters. And uh which is what makes a lot of this digging our heels into partisan stuff so tragic for a lot of people I know. Yeah. Like cutting off family members over politics. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Yeah. It's crazy. I I don't know, because like, because like, if the you know if your if your tap water stops turning on and everyone that has guns are going to rule everything, who do you think is going to be the one that takes care of you? Do you think it'll be your friend or your neighbor? It'll be your family, yeah. you know. And uh, for but, those of us lucky enough to have you know yeah. have a family, but but uh, um, yeah, but it's family first, then then friends and community, mm-hmm. you know, then you know, on outward, right? Yeah. Like concentric wings going out. Yeah. Like as far as, uh, uh, yeah. And, and family is obviously a very, very important thing. And, um, you know, this sounds really, this is going to sound dumb, but I mean, maybe it will, I don't know. Cause I've never said this shit before, but it's something I've been dwelling on a lot since, since we've had Daphne, um, about, about family and, and having a, I don't like the term. I don't like this word, but I don't know a better word. Uh, having a legacy, meaning like, you know, you have something that, that came from you that's going to continue on after you. Um, and uh, what I've started to understand and, and I've started to sort of put together is that the family values people are right about family values, the, the, the concept of family values, uh, where they go wrong is, is all the shit they throw in with it, you know, with like, uh, like, oh, we, you know, they're anti-gay stuff or anti-abortion stuff or all these other different things. Um, you know, and so that to me is, is a big, uh, a big, so it's hard to say I'm like a family values guy because it gets lumped in with 
all that other shit and that's all poison you know but but i think that that is a real thing that like good policy should prioritize children for example you know as part of a family and and family in general so um good policy for example like i, I this came up on twitter not long ago but uh bernie sanders was coming out talking about how um you know we needed to make sure that everybody uh, could afford child care right for their child or whatever and being a guy who's with my daughter almost every day uh you know by myself because my wife is like i work from home my wife works uh from from work so mm -hmm. you know uh when i'm when i'm with my daughter every day like it's the most rewarding most amazing thing and it's hard to put into words how great it is to be honest but now that i know how great it is it's hard to think that some people aren't going to be afforded the the ability to even do it to become a parent to be able to raise a child mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of the the left on our side uh, you know or my side uh, uh, that people talk about like oh we shouldn't be having kids because it's going to kill the world and everything else and i'm like have fewer kids right but you should have kids mm -hmm. like people should have mm -hmm. kids like it's a wonderful thing it is a it's what makes life life in my opinion and agreed i've i've had this exact conversation with people before because i, I think that i value it in the same way you do not 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 it's not equal because i don't have a kid but like because yeah. the prospect of having one is so complicated and expensive yeah that, yeah like, for you that like when you know when people you know fart out kids they don't really want i find it so kind of insulting you know where, where it's yeah, just yeah. like yeah it, it, and and um and so it, but i i mean i've thought about it even just on a massive existential scale is like Think about everyone who lived and died for us to be having this conversation right now. Yeah, to exactly. And the line is a tragedy. You know what I mean? It, it just, is. It's it just, a tragedy. It seems like the most morally wrong thing you could possibly do. Well, yeah. And, and so the thing is, is like um, good, like instead of making childcare more affordable or, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. however they want to do that. How about you just give people enough money when they have small children that they could stay home with their child? Correct. Right? Yeah. There is no substitute for the actual parent. And by parent, I don't mean biologically. I mean the person who's there for them when, you know, all the time from, from, you know, when they wake up in the morning and they, and they, you know, something they need to eat breakfast, you make them breakfast and on, you know, the person that is doing the parenting, the person who has the strongest vested interest in that individual's growth. That's right. Yeah. And, and that is like a really, really underrated thing in our society nowadays. Like people don't, you know, and it's been spoiled because politicians, like they talk about children all the time and they never do shit for children. But they, but they talk about them. It's a, they're, they're just a prop, you know, mm -hmm. for most politicians. And so as a politician, it's hard for me to be like, Hey, what about the children? Right. Cause I know, like, I know if somebody said that to me, I'd be like, mm -hmm. just because I know, I know that politicians talk about children and they don't want to do anything about it. You know, they, they've never tried and, you know, children are just constantly losing ground, but like, there's things like I wish Daphne's doing words like she's she's talking now. So she has words that she she uses. And uh, the other day we got her we got her to say shit show, which I thought was pretty fun. <laughs> um, wow. And, and so, uh, you know, but but she's using words now. She could use more, but, you know, she's 
she's just she's really smart, but she's she's also really stubborn. I don't know where she gets these uh, characteristics. From. <laughs> um, but but she, you know, as a child, like she is doing so amazingly well as far as her motor skills, her abilities, like, uh, you know, sorting shapes into different shapes, you know, in boxes and like all these different drills that you want to try and get children to, to do. So it's this developmental, the first three years of a child's life is like the biggest deal. So when we had Daphne, we made a pledge to each other that no matter how bad it got, like, you know, uh, money wise or anything else that, that one of us for at least the first three years, was going to be with her all the time that we weren't going to pawn her off on a daycare or any other sort of uh, anything, you yeah. know? And, and, uh, like I see that happen. Like I see people that are, that had a baby three weeks ago and then they're back at work, you know, two weeks ago. And I'm like, how, like how, number one, why would we ask why? somebody to do that? Yeah. That's a bullshit thing to do. But also how can you even do that? Like, Two weeks, you don't, uh, your life is still a shambles after having a baby. You have no idea how to even, you know, like you're barely getting shit together at that point. Yeah, it's the most you know, defenseless thing on the planet. And so, yeah, yeah, but also like your life, like your ability to do anything. Like, how, how, like what time do you get up? How do you get things going? You know, yeah. all these different, like all, it's this huge, massive, like change in your life that this, this thing shows up. And now this is your complete priority at all times. Yes. That 100% of the time, this is first place priority over everything else. Yes. Literally everything else, even yourself, you know, your own life, your own, your, your spouse's life. Like that number one is the child. Yes. Right. And it's, a, it, this, it's this instinctual thing that is hard to explain to people, but it happened to me like the moment I held her in the delivery room, I held her and I looked at her and I was like, shit. <laughs> you know, like the first thought was like, oh, my God, she's so beautiful. I'm so glad everything like she has two ears and two eyes. And like, you know, I'm like counting her toes and shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, everything's fine. And then at, immediately after that, I looked at her and I just realized that every single thing in my life took a step down in priority. Yeah, your personal, everything. Your personal autonomy is is permanently yeah. modified but it wasn't like a negative like i thought that no. when i was when i was younger and i considered this uh, this thing you know because my parents would tell me about it whatever um i, I thought that was like a, a horrible thing mm -hmm. i'm like man that sounds awful like mm -hmm. the people are just <laughs> but but when it happened to me there was no good or bad like it didn't feel good or bad it just was yeah like yeah. this is this is truth now yeah. and you're just like shit you <laughs> know like this is just how it is so like you know, those people should be around their kid as much as possible. You know, it, all the other shit we talk about as a society uh, in terms of social ills of our society from from, you know, the racism and misogyny and and all this other stuff all the way to, you know, drugs and crime and, and all these other things that, that, that ail our society would all improve immeasurably. Pro not, I mean, not immeasurably, probably very measurably. <laughs> if if parents were afforded the ability to be with their children and teach their children what they know, right? You know, so that so that families can grow, you know, over the course of time, not just not just grow in terms of numbers, but grow emotionally and and mentally and logically, you know, so that people you can teach your child what you know, and then your child can improve upon that and teach their child. 
Yeah. Like it, so it takes that sort of a thing. And the fact that we, we, we as a society want to pawn that off on, on people who have like 30 other kids at their daycare or whatever. And, and you're just like, well, I got to go make money for this rich guy right. who owns this company. It's just a really bullshit way of doing anything like this. Like you, you can't expect that you're going to improve society that way. Like that's yeah. just, it's just really, really dumb if you really think about it. It's just nobody spends the time to think about it. You know, like yeah. you're just like, this is how it is. You know? Yeah, and but, it's it's strange, but it's gotten weirder. I mean, I've, I've noticed, and and you, we've talked about this a lot, but this like fetish, like fetishization of like girl boss culture. Yeah, where it's like more women CEOs, and it's like, and I don't care which gender, which one stays home. It doesn't matter. That's not my point. My point is uh, that like, I would be happy to stay home. Yeah, no, of mm-hmm. course. Like, so that's like not forever. I love I love hanging out with my kids. Of course, yeah, that's. Right? That's not the take is that like, yeah, yeah. I don't think women should, I, the women should be at home. Like not that shit. It's more like, um, this idea that like, because women classically were the ones that stayed home, they need to now have this impressive yeah. on paper, but soulless life sucking job, working at BlackRock, doing managing rich people's money. Right. Um, cause that will give them status and not the fact like this. It, and the problem is that when you talk like this, it gets denigrated as like a right wing talking point, and you're. I like, know, and it, I, I've never understood. And it's not. This. It's no. not. It's not a right wing talking point. The thing is, is like, I understand why people would have an aversion to this, you know, because because prior to all to what we where we live now and how things are now, um, women were wholeheartedly expected for sure to stay home with the children, and they weren't really accepted in work or you know corporate world or anything like that. It was a man man's world, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I think it's important that people have a choice. Like I'm not trying to tell I'm not trying to tell any of these women that want to climb corporate ladders or however they want to do it. I'm not saying that they can't or shouldn't. I'm saying if you would rather be with your child, you should be able to. Yes, mm-hmm. you know that that's all it is. So. You know, at least one of the two in the couple, you know what I mean? Or if there is a couple, if there's only one, then, you know, yeah, you got to give that person a lot of money to so they can stay home with their kid. But like all this stuff over time is going to make for a better society and, and, a, and a safer society for everybody. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's my that keeps me up at night that. Oh, my God, there's so many things to keep me up at night regarding being a parent. But but the main thing, um, one thing that always runs through my head, and it's a conversation I ha- I've had with a lot of people. But most recently, I had it with a, a, a family friend, uh, my wife's sister's husband's friend's wife <laughs> at a family function. I did that in my head. I think that's right. I followed you. Um, yeah. Uh, at a family function, we were talking politics and uh, I was a little high and she was a little drunk. And, uh, uh, but you know, we were being respectful, but she's a Trumpy type person or whatever. And at, during, at one point in it, she said that she makes like $35,000 a year, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but then like later in the conversation, she, she like almost out of nowhere, like as an objection to something I said, she goes, look, I take care of my kids and my kids, you know, uh, like that's my job is to take care of my kids when somebody else doesn't do their job and doesn't take care of their kids. Why is that now on me? to take care of their kids. And, and my first reaction was to say like, bitch, you make $35,000 a year. Nobody's trying to tax you to take care of somebody else's kids. Right. Right. We're talking about like Jeff Bezos and like, you know, mm-hmm. really rich people, people who are doing really well. But at the same time, I didn't even say any of that. Uh, it went through my head, but I, I just said, look, and this is truly how I feel. And it's the thing that I think people need to really start to understand. And it, it maybe it came to me a little easier because of my circumstances. I'm 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 an old dad, right? So I'm going to be 60 when Daphne graduates high school, 
right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I will probably be the oldest dad in all of her school classes, you know, among all the kids, which means I'm going to be looking down to all the other parents at all times as, as <laughs> also stupid young people. <laughs> like, oh, you know, just be this crotchety old guy. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> you don't remember the 1980s, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but but at the same time, um, you know, I realized that I'm not going to be around for for her as long as I would like to. Like mm-hmm. most parents, um, they have their child in their 20s at some point. Like that, that's the key, you know, where most people do it. And I'm in my 40s. So like it, essentially I'm two decades behind. So most of those other parents that do it young, they, they have, you know, they can be around for their child for essentially, if you average it out, 20 extra years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, as the child go, you know, grows into an adult and has children of their own and, and you know, all that stuff. But I don't, I don't know that I'm ever going to see a grandchild from Daphne, even if she decides to have children. I don't, you know, like, I'll be 70 when she's 28. You know, that... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to see and, you know... Well, if it gives you any, thing- if it gives you any comfort, real quick on that one, um, is my dad is seventy. Uh, I'm thirty one, so it's kind of a similar sort of deal. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, he has a granddaughter who's four now, so you know it's it's certainly possible. You know? Yeah, I mean it's what it is, right? Um, but 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 where I'm going with this is that knowing that I'm not going to be here to take care of her as long as a lot of other parents are going to be here to take care of their kids, because that shit doesn't stop at eighteen, you know. No. Um, mm-hmm. So, so knowing that that's, that's how that's going to be, I see that other kid that this, that, that, this friend of ours uh, talked about, this kid that's not being raised well and whatever. I realize that that kid is going to be in the world with my daughter without me. So I'm not going to be here to protect my daughter from that kid when that kid turns into a total shithead because it was, you know, they were raised poorly and and uh you know had to rely on selling drugs or whatever other things mm-hmm. in order to uh or theft or whatever in order to survive because the society didn't take care of them society didn't provide them with a good education or enough of a of a safety net so that they could actually uh you know have a healthy upbringing right sure. mm-hmm. and so those children are going to be on this planet as adults with my child as an adult mm-hmm. That's a liability, man. That yeah. is a fucking liability. So even if outside of all the ideological stuff about like, you know, I believe this should be this way or I believe this should be whatever, all the stuff that lefties or right wing people or whatever say. That's the truth. The truth is, is that the worse our society does at raising children, the worse society is going to be for my child, my yeah. child. Yeah, of course. And uh, and it's. You know, it's interesting because like uh, I've actually had a similar conversation with somebody who was on the right that said something similar to that. And I'm like, well, it's not about the person that you might be theoretically giving money to. It's about the child who's a victim in all this that doesn't have anything yeah, to do like with that person. The pro the pro da- the, the dad rights people that are always talking about like she spends half the welfare or half the child support on, you know, whatever alcohol and, you mm-hmm. know, a car payment or whatever. And I'm just like. Yeah. So yeah. like they should have to account. They should have to account for all the money that, that I send them and show me where it's spent. And I'm like, no, actually, she shouldn't because that's your kid. Right. So like her having a new car is good for the kid because the kid is safer in the car. Of course. And she can drive him to school or whatever. Like, however, 
but like, uh, you know, those dad's rights people get off on that one a lot, you know, and it's just like dipshit. It's not about you. It's about the kid. So like, you know, shut your face and deal with it. Like I saw this video of a guy who dumped like 180,000 pennies or something like that on the street in front of his ex's house Jesus. as his last child support payment. And he posted it all proud of himself. Like, like, ha ha bitch, you know? And I'm like, yeah. you're a fucking piece of shit. You yeah, know that? It's grotesque. You know, like you're a real piece of shit. Like just write the goddamn check. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I know. But like, <laughs> but like, he's actually proud of it. Like, and I bet you all his dude friends are like, dude, that's awesome, bro. You got her. It's like, it's the fucking kid. It's not about the woman. She might be a total piece of shit to you, but the kid, the kid, well, he's right. acting, he, is what matters. He's acting as if it's like an alimony payment or something. I mean, which, I mean, it's yeah. like, yeah, and it's like, that's, that's, that's that's the thing man and like and it gets back to this idea of like how people have to perform in a certain way to fit in with whatever whatever their political ideology is and then getting yeah. away from the human element of what's really going on you know mm -hmm. like yeah. like yeah this this person may like you know if you give them welfare or whatever they may spend it on stupid shit but it's like you're yelling about it is never going to fucking change that it's like you're not going to change people's behavior based on and then you want to hire more you want to hire welfare auditors well there's more tax money that'll go to doing that so yeah, it's like it's just it, it's it's this never ending cycle of stupid that that it, it, it makes it really just uh, basically it's like that's kind of like why in terms of just the pandemic really made this intense for me. It's just my circle is so small now. It's just like the people who like can talk like this. Is that, I'm sorry. I was about to make a crash. Butthole. Joke. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Depend, depends. <laughs> Depends on which day of the week. You yeah. Know? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it's like it's like this never ending cycle of stupid. And it's like people and how much people want to talk about this shit and argue about it. And, I, and then I've just the people that I can't take it anymore. I just go, well, what's your fucking plan? What yeah. is your plan to fix it? Tell me what that is. If, if you don't have yeah. a plan, shut your fucking mouth. Enough yeah, out of you. Stop yeah. fucking whining about shit and yeah. do something like, you know, I have a really good friend like I've known since we were probably 11 years old we graduated together in high school whatever and he lives like around the block from where i grew up right still um and dude his facebook page is like andy rooney it's like whining about shit that has no bearing on anything uh Oh, I'm sorry. Do you know who Andy Rooney is? I do, yes. I do not. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't. Yeah, okay, so... Because <laughs> you're like 10, right? Yeah, 10 yeah, I'm 15. Old? I'm Jordan's child. 15. Yeah. I mean, it's probably legal somewhere. Uh, <laughs> Florida. <laughs> but, but no, so uh, Andy Rooney had like this show where he would just basically gripe about stuff like, what's going on with me? <laughs> All the time. He was just basically mm. an old griper on television. But like... His posts on Facebook are just like all these people are sitting, you know, sitting in such a long line just to get gas at Costco. And like they're going to wait for probably 20 or 30 minutes just to save, you know, a few bucks on gas. And I'm like, yeah, because they probably don't have a job as good as yours. Mm -hmm. So that makes a much bigger difference to yeah. them. But why yeah. the fuck would you complain about that in the first place? They're, they're not bothering you. Like you're not getting your gas at Costco. So what do you give a shit? Like, right. why do you care? Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but yeah. it's like that type of a, it's just like, get off your ass and do something. Stop whining about shit. Stop, stop making yourself into some sort of a moral authority on stupid bullshit too. You yeah, know, like, like actually yeah. like, like do something. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? Well, and like, you know, and, and it's, it's interesting because you kind of see both sides of the spectrum. I see the biggest whiners to be the ones that have sometimes the least. And then so like, but so they, instead of like fixing some of their shit, like, you know, cleaning their lawn or whatever, they decide to just, you know, complain about it. But that's less of it. Most of it are people who are in like, it's boomers, dude. I mean, a lot of it is boomers. I know you're not a boomer, but it's like, it's this no. thing of like people who literally had, because Gen X got caught in the middle of all this bullshit, but it's yeah, like. I'm, I'm a Xennial. I'm like at the end of Gen X. Yeah. Yeah. Right before. And it, it, it's like, you know, my, my father is a, a, you know, well into being a boomer and his like his lack of time. Yeah, my parents are boomers too. Yeah. Well, your your dad went through went through a lot of shit, but yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, go no, ahead. no. Well, it, it, yeah. But it's uh. But you know he, you know he, you know bought a you know bought a house for like eleven dollars. You know paid like you know seven dollars for his college tuition. Uh, you know. Uh, How come everybody else can't do this nowadays? You know, pick yourself right. up by your goddamn bootstraps. Right. And, and pay. It, Pay twelve hundred times as much for college and four hundred times as much for a house. And he and he, he was he was never like he would never rant about it. But it's like if I started to complain about anything, he would turn it into something like that. Like, well, you're not working hard enough or something. And I'm like, when the pandemic happened, it didn't really did make him wake up. And I'm like, I'm like, look, Dad, when I turned eighteen, the two thousand eight housing crisis crisis started, right? Yep. And it's like any job prospect or income ability that I would have had, gone. And then yeah. things started to kind of creep up and then pandemic gone again and then both of these things had the largest upward transfer of wealth to make boomer shareholders and stock more money yep. where then it just comes back to them complaining about the same thing and being like well you know why aren't they taking these jobs that pay no fucking money it's unemployment I mean, that must be what it is or like i knew a guy uh i say new because he blocked me on facebook after we've known each other oh for like 15 God. years we've known <laughs> each other for like like personally known each other for like 15 years but God. Oh, um geez. but uh he he's a boomer too and he was going on and on about how because he owns like three homes and he rents out two of them and lives in the other one right and then um and according to him he saved every dime he could have his job and then you know and all of his all the his co-workers were spending money on all kinds of stuff that they didn't need this was his story right but i'm like you realize that doesn't like because his point was is that people people should be you know like him and then they would be successful like him or whatever and i'm like bro first off people who are 30 now this was like last year but i said people who are 30 now were 18 when the house or when the the financial system completely shit itself in 2008 right and then housing you know, you couldn't buy them because you couldn't get loans at first, even if you had money. But most people who are 18, they wouldn't be able to buy one anyway. Um, so by the time those people were like 25, which is a decent uh, in historical, historically speaking, a decent age of buying a home, your first home. Um, by that point, the house, houses would are, were already crazy expensive again. It like went nuts. And because all these private corporations buying up all the housing and everything else with cash and which is still going on. And the housing prices are now completely out of whack. And I'm like, so, you know, cause he considered, he mentioned how much he's worth. And, and I know that that included the value of the homes that he has. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not real because that shit has to crash again because there's, it's not, it's not based on any real value in the actual home. It's just based on, you know, the fact that there are these corporations who still think it's worth it to, cause they have so much money that they could just buy all these homes and then rent them out. And it's just like future proof income you know, for the, for the corporation. And, and I'm like, so, so here's the thing I said, you grew up in a time when you got to go to college for almost nothing. 
your first house costs you almost nothing. And sure, I mean, if you want to give, want me to pat you on the back because you never got a second mortgage on your house to buy something else, like a lot of people did, um, then okay, I like you know, if that's really a thing. But ultimately, all you really did was buy a house at the market value at that time, pay off the mortgage, and then you know buy other houses the same way in the '80s and '90s when you could, right? And then you know, retire. And now you have this rental income coming in that, that keeps you, uh, keeps you afloat or whatever. I'm like, but you would not period would not be able to do that if you were born in 1990. Like mm-hmm. it's just not a, it's not real. Yeah. It's a fucking fake thing. And he, and he literally after that, he's like, I thought you were cool, Steven. I know we don't agree on certain oh stuff, my God. but I'm done here. And he just fucking, because I had the audacity to suggest that he's not the king shit of world of the entire planet who who just had complete control over his life this whole time and was able to just do everything perfectly and that everybody else sucks because he was able to do it. It's like, no, Dick, the fucking economy sucks. The system sucks way worse now than it did. Like, you were just born earlier and, and you're somehow trying to take credit for your time of birth. It's yeah. fucking stupid. You have the audacity to sincerely not think about yourself. <laughs> yeah like what the fuck and so you know but it's that sort of thing too is that there's there's like people get offended by pointing out that things are a lot harder now than they were then you know and that and that they've benefited from how hard it's gotten for for everybody else you know those people have benefited from it i mean the stock market is is in everything bubble right now everything is overinflated in the stock market it has been since probably a couple years into the Obama administration. Yeah, for sure. So like, you know, it used to be that stocks, stock values were based on, on sales and whatever at the companies, the companies would, you know, but now it's all speculative shit. So um, everybody's just buying and selling and making these minuscule gains and whatever. So like none of this stuff is real. It's all paper, you know, it's, it's houses of cards and, and it's all going to come up, come apart at some point. Yeah. It's, at it's, which point, yeah, at which point people who think that they did everything right and whatever, and they've got it all under control are probably not going to be at under control anymore. No. And I'm, and I, I'm going to be forced to not feel that bad about it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, and again too, it's like, you know, if, uh, you know, the ones who weren't, you know, paying attention to those that didn't have the same opportunities, it's like, well, you know, why and they won't change. I mean, they, they, I really don't think that they'll change. And, but I do think that there's a, there's a large contingent of people who act like that, that know what you're saying is right. And their inherent sense of guilt makes them react like your friend did, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because they know. Mm -hmm. They know he didn't do it. He knows he didn't invent anything. He's not like, you know? He didn't. He didn't steal an operating system from somebody else. Right. Right. (laughs) And and then start a company, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So like, uh, that that's all, you know. So he just sees this as you know, and he's like, oh, everybody else was always buying new cars or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but you know how cheap cars were back then? Like, that's not really a yeah. thing mm-hmm. to be worried about. Like, my wife and I haven't bought a car. My truck is a 2010 model. Mm-hmm. My wife's is a 2003 mm-hmm. that I keep running. It, you know, I do all the work on both of them and everything. Mm-hmm. But because we don't want to have a car payment, but but you know, we we like our cars too, which mm-hmm. it helps. Yeah. But but like we go to like I see these ads now that show up for cars, and I'm just like Jesus Christ, who's paying sixty five thousand dollars for a pickup truck? Right. 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 What the fuck happened? Because in 2010, my Toyota Tundra, which is a full size truck and a super bitch and all kinds of bells and whistles on it at the time, 
was twenty eight thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, how has it been eleven years and they've almost tripled in price? They're like two and a half times the price. It was low interest rates, which is like it's it's interesting because um, the I have a friend that owns a dealership and he was telling me that before the pandemic, ninety percent of car payments were already delinquent. So yeah. that shit's about to fucking explode. Well, that's here's the other thing. I happen to know there's a there's a, a motorcycle dealership near me, and I'm in the motorcycle industry. There's this dealership near me that's kind of the only major one left because prior to 2008, there were a lot of motorcycle dealers around, but you know that killed off like 80 percent of them. Um, the 2008 crash, and so there's a place near me that's like really big. It's called Burt's, um, and they have they're in Covina or something. I was talking to somebody who works there. It turns out like they, they also, they, they repo stuff when people don't uh, make their bills, right? They repo stuff and then they sell, they resell those motorcycles if they're in condition, you know, or, or they'll work on them, make them better and then sell them right as mm -hmm. used motorcycles. They have so many, and this was as of about two years ago. So it's before the pandemic too. They had so many repo motorcycles that they were having to store they couldn't put them on the floor. And this is a massive dealership. Like it's huge. They couldn't put them out. They had to rent an entire new building, a whole building just to store the repo motorcycles wow. that they couldn't put on the floor. And it's full as of a couple of years ago, it was full. So they were like looking for another building to wow. put more motorcycles into. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, so this is, and that was a couple of years ago and somehow the market's still up and I don't understand how, how this is working, but, but the, you know, the other part of it is on an, as an environmental impact thing is we have one dealership and who knows how many hundreds of motorcycles have been made that aren't even owned by anybody anymore or just being stored in a place. It's like, what, what, what are we doing? Right. You know, like, right. What, what is this about? You know, like, uh, dude, I'm going to sound like Andy Rooney again, uh, <laughs> but, but, but like Andy, like when I was racing motocross, a new top of the shelf, like, you know, Honda CR 250 or something like that in the nineties, it was like 3,700 bucks, maybe four grand, something like that. Um, they're fucking 12 grand now. Wow. <laughs> like, these motorcycles are like 10,500 bucks you know, uh, for like the cheapest of the bunch, Good you know, Lord. and I'm just like, and, and this is, and dirt bikes are bikes designed to break them. Like, you, you know, you crash them and you bend them up and you break them and you destroy them and you put them back together. You buy new parts and shit. Yeah. Like it's a rough sport and they hit the ground hard. So like you're buying a, a like a, essentially spending, you know, 11 or $12,000 on a thing that you're going to throw off a mountaintop mm -hmm. <laughs> and try and put it back together. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it, 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 it's this, it's this shit. I mean, it's like the phones too. It's like they, yeah. they release a new one and you paid however much, like thousands, thousand dollars for it. And it's like, just goes right in the fucking garbage. And you're like, well, yeah. if I want the newest, latest thing or whatever. Yeah. And but it's, it's just like, there's something, you know, and what, one thing that I've like, cause you know, people give me shit about like driving a pickup truck and everywhere else. And I'm like, well, you know, they didn't have hybrid trucks when I bought my truck and I don't want to buy a new truck. Yeah. yeah. You know, like it's, it's just what it is. Um, if somebody wants to buy me a more fuel efficient vehicle, then, you know, I'll take it. Yeah. Of yeah. Like the government, if they would actually well, of like course, subsidize, yeah, of course, subsidize like this eco-friendly driving. Yeah. But, but ultimately like I'm doing perhaps more uh, than any individual who buys a Prius or whatever. 
because of the fact that I'm keeping these cars on the road as they are, I'm making sure that they don't end up in junkyards and yep. don't have, you know, they, they don't just go rot somewhere. And that it's actually things being used and I'm not consuming more vehicles or, you know, which is all the metals that go into it and all the, you know, everything, right? Like all the stuff that they have to put in there. So, um, you know, it, there's got to be an offset in there somewhere, you know, that I, I feel pretty good about. You yeah, know? you're, you're so, way you're way better off than somebody that buys, buys a Prius. I mean, in terms of like, you know. Uh, yeah, because they would have to buy one every five years or something. And, yeah, you know, I mean, but, so, but, but even that, it's like just in terms. So, you you know, you you know mine the conflict minerals in Africa. So there's all that human suffering that happens yeah, there. Yeah, and, and, and South America. And well, that's why that little coup in Bolivia was an attempt because yep. they were trying to get more lithium yep. down there. Then yep. they put it on a ship, ship it up, process it up in Canada, and then send it back to Japan. And then they build the car over there and then ship it back here so at the t- at the end of the day it's a it's a it's a you know it's a carbon wash you know well and the worst part about that shit I, this is another thing that goes that i go on and on like I, but i haven't figured out the solution but like we literally legitimately there are companies in the united states that ship meat to china for processing and then it's shipped back correct yeah what yeah. what insane like yeah. This is the dumbest shit, you know, like, and, and it's all about like, you know, making money for some dude at the top, right? Because the labor in China is going to be, is going to more than offset the shipping prices of, you know, sending it back and forth or whatever. And it's also the shipping magnates and shipping companies that they get to make all that money doing that. So they, they have no interest in, in making it any better. Right. You know, and, and shipping like the actual ships, freight ships and stuff like that are like the dirtiest polluters. Um, that we have in terms of machinery in the in the world yeah and and so like you know but i like there are certain things that certainly we should be you know that we have to ship to one another because only one place has it or whatever Mm -hmm. but we 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 could be doing a much better job at just keeping everything in one place you know like we we cut down trees in the united states like we we grow trees cut down trees use the trees to make paper here and then it's all just right here. We did we did it here. Yeah. And then we use the paper and whatever. But how it works, you know, I don't know if they actually do this with trees, but how it would work under these circumstances would be like to cut down the trees, put them on trucks, drive the trucks to a port, put the put the the logs on a ship, take the ship across the world to where they can make the paper in a you know on the other side of the planet, and then load all the paper back up and drive. And I'm just like, what the fuck are we doing? I know. Like, why is this? It's so it's so crazy. And, and obviously climate change is a problem, you know, and, and we're doing nothing. No, we're doing nothing. Everything we're doing is bullshit. That's like smoke and mirrors and wondering what it's still. You know what? All my friends drive Priuses and it's still getting a lot hotter outside. I don't really understand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. a hole in the earth right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should just take all the Priuses and dump it in that fiery tornado in the ocean. <laughs> I, I but, yeah. But, but and that's methane, right? Like, yes, it is. It's that, natural right? gas. It's yeah, from a gassing. Yeah. So, so that's the worst, the worst one. And the primary use of methane anywhere um, in the world is for like water heaters and mm-hmm. cooking and things mm-hmm. like that. Like that's mostly what how it's used. And that's all shit we could just do electrically. Mm-hmm. So why are we getting any of that? Why aren't we leaving the fucking natural gas in the ground? You know, well, I mean, it would. I like, mean, it would, it would still take like fossil fuels to like power the, the electricity plants too. And well, we, it's like funny. I mean, it doesn't have to. Yeah, it does, but it doesn't have to. Like we we literally could do it all on renewables if we if we were so motivated, mm-hmm. so that so that it would all just work. 
you know, like I've got this doomsday scenario of like a commune I want to build out, mm -hmm. like in, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to build it <laughs> at some point. <laughs> uh, but, but like, you know, it's going to be in the wilderness where there's like a lot of game for hunting and, and, you know, this sort of stuff. But one of my big things about that was like, I started looking into it and you can make like, um, there's like five kilowatt or 10 kilowatt, uh, river wheels like that you put on a river that would mm -hmm. like just the flow of the river so you're basically using gravity to make electricity um like these type of generators and they're not even that much money they're like three thousand bucks or you know five thousand bucks mm -hmm. like there's stuff out there that that like there's so many things that we could be using to make all the energy that we need for everything mm -hmm. you know in california we're, we're dealing with this drought right well, I looked into like this, uh, the desalination plant that they have in Perth, Australia. It's like the biggest one in the world. Yeah, it's like actually a, pretty impressive. Um, and it's all on renewables, like mm -hmm. the whole thing's powered on renewable energy and everything else. And I figured out that in order to, and we could, we could give California, as it sits with all the agriculture and everything else, we could desalinate enough water with like, I think it was like 10 of those along the coast of, of California to just... California never has a drought again. Yeah. Like that's it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's like 120% of what we use or something like that. It would be like 10 of those things. And so that would be like a trillion dollars or something like that mm -hmm. um, for those 10. And I'm like, and I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it seems like, like how the fuck are we not doing that? Like, it seems like yeah. worthwhile. Yeah. I mean, if it, especially when it comes down, I mean, like just the globe, I mean, the food supply of the country, I mean, it's like that. Yeah. Alone, and the like world, but, but like, you would just solve that problem. That would just be solved yeah. for like a trillion dollars, which, you know, at the California state level is rough because they have to, you know, they have to get tax money to pay for that. But at the federal level, they can just fucking put those, that money into an account. <laughs> like zing, right. here you go. You know, like that's how that shit works. So like the, the federal government through the, you know, through the federal reserve, they print the money. So like they can print, print, they can fund infrastructure, stuff like that. Yes. They can just do it. Yeah. And, and there's no reason not to. And I, I'm just like every day I'm like, how, are, how is nobody doing this? The, we had this previous drought. And then a couple of years ago we had, you know, three, maybe three years ago, um, we had this huge rain season when it like refilled all our reservoirs and everything else. And it's like, everybody forgot that there was a drought right then. That's how it goes. <laughs> And then all of a sudden now it's a drought again. It was like, shit, why don't we do something? It was like, why? <laughs> people don't, fuck? people don't realize it's a disaster until it's in front of their face. And that actually uh, gets me onto the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is this basically Patriot Act 2.0. They're, they're rolling oh, out yeah. without anybody's consent. I'm really happy about this. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's so funny to me, man, because it's like, again, this gets back to what we were talking about with people calling everybody Nazis and whatever. And then like, they're now though that crowd is saying that this is a good thing to happen. And I'm asking these people, which laws do we not have, uh, that, that we need to add more of, like, tell me, tell me what law we don't have that, that told like that all those people broke the law. And then also, well, how well are white, are white women going to be offended by something somebody says? Cause we need to have law against that. Yeah. Well, uh, whatever well, that person's going to say, that's going to offend the white lady. We need to, we need to have them not say that. I'm sure they're working on a commission for that right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just making sure those white women with the white women really need, they need protection, you know? Yes. They, oh, of course. I mean, they, you know, whenever, you know, whenever, there's there's never a greater injustice than what happens to some of the most privileged people on the planet um <laughs> but uh but yeah no it's 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 a funny thing well not funny it's just bizarre to watch because it's like uh you know the patriot act is I mean, all it really did was take like you know 
low IQ Muslim kids essentially, and you take the FBI would go in and radicalize them. Yeah, yeah. And, and then they, it, they create their own terrorists, it, and then they're like, "We caught them." Exactly. It's yeah. Like, yeah. And then like and then like in terms and then in terms of like the, like you know well now it used to be like white domestic terrorism or just domestic terrorist like terrorism is a blanket which is terrifying to think about uh that they're even like considering this as an option and people are taking it seriously. How do they not consider police domestic terrorism? I don't know. I mean it, like yeah, I mean I really I really don't know. Like all these people dress basically the same and every now and then they kill somebody I know or somebody who looks like me. Like, I, I don't know. It feels like terrorism to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> and they, they have the authority to like, they have special lights on their vehicle and then they can make you stop. And if you don't, they can like do shit to you. Yeah. Like, to it, kill with impunity, essentially. Yeah. I mean, Doesn't that like, seem like a bit of a terrorism? It, it, like, it, it does to me. And, and it like, and on, on like, on, cause I always like, you know, cops, it's like funny to me, like the pro cop thing, you know, or the, you know, they're, they're like the foot soldiers of the state and the state, like, but like, you know, the, the intelligence agencies on like the higher level are, I, I mean, like that is the fucking state. I mean, like that is the state on like a grand scale in terms of like, you know, the, the people that would help someone like Timothy McVeigh plan to do what he did. You know, you know what I mean? And who are they accountable to? Nobody themselves fucking nobody like nobody I mean, like hoover made absolutely sure. nobody because half of them don't even talk to each other so they're not even uh accountable to themselves like they right. keep everybody com compartmentalized yeah and so so you know people don't know a lot of the times what they're even working on and how evil it is yeah they're they're right? they're they are the they are the catholic priests of foreign and domestic intervention i mean it, it is like where it's just like they you know diddle a bunch of boys or the, a bunch robed, of things. the robed catholic priests or the ones that wear pants with a zipper uh yeah well yeah, easy access either way to molest as many boys as possible so yeah. whichever one gets you there faster um but just the robe, like, i would think the robe the robe probably yeah you, there's just nothing yeah. underneath you can just open it open it yeah up. yeah yeah and uh so in no consequences just funneled funneled through and and and, and you know this and, and again to well this, and the, the bill the bill though it actually identifies at least half of the people that they identify in this bill are people i like yes yeah. So, and, and could be me actually, you know, and that's always the trouble, you know, conservatives back in the day, um, and liberals too, honestly, I think they both understood the danger better of, of giving the government this kind of power. Um, because if you think they're not going to come after political dissidents who, who, uh, you know, they think might be a threat to them using these laws you are high as fuck and you need to get a history book and read about martin luther king and read about malcolm x and read about uh fred hampton and read about you know any number of uh you know white people too they, they were fighting the system back then hippies and whatnot that the you know the government they don't give a shit like they don't really care they, they care as much as we force them to yes and and the bottom line is is that these uh any of these things are going to like, I haven't even gotten my goddamn DNA uh, mapped. I'd like to, but I don't trust any of the fucking companies that do it to not hand that shit over to the government. Right. And right. Be like, be like, here's, this is his. And then who knows in future technology, if they'll be able to actually plant your DNA places and shit like that so that it pops up on a test and then you can be stuck like you know, on a crime scene or something like that. They have proof. Like you don't know what's going to be a future technology that they'll be able to use that for. I mean, and it, yeah, 
I mean, so, if, they were, so if, they were, if, if they were following you, I mean, literally, if you went to a restaurant and they just took the drinking glass, they could do that, you know? Yeah. I, I yeah mean, they and, and they would. I, mean, I don't that, go to restaurants, though. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> we like to cook primarily, too, anyway. But but like, but like another thing that bothers me along the same lines that I brought up on Twitter before is that when I was a child, I was in the third grade, I was eight years old. Um, we got a field trip to the uh, local police department, police station, mm -hmm. where they fingerprinted all of us, all the children. Weird. So that they could show us how that's done. So cool. That was the thing. <laughs> and they, they fingerprinted all of us, dude. Christ. And I, I still get so pissed off thinking about this. They're like, who the fuck gave you the right to come and take a bunch of kids and fingerprint them like, you know, as if they're future criminals, right. you know, they're all potential future criminals or whatever. Like that is seriously upsetting shit, but that was like 1985. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was a long time ago and it was yeah. already pretty bad. So when they start putting this shit into actual law like this, they put these, put these laws together that are just so draconian and awful and you could see it, you know, like there's going to be no good that comes from this. There's going to be none. And there's going to be a lot of suffering at the, as a result, you know, like I just saw a story. I didn't see the, maybe you guys saw the end of it. Cause I've been with my daughter, but, mm -hmm. um, I saw a story this morning that like a bunch of, uh, I look like black dudes got pulled over like in Massachusetts, um, or, or they were on the side of the road or something in Massachusetts in the middle of the night last night. And there were like eight or 10 of them or something. And they were all armed, like with rifles and tactical gear. And they all bailed out like when the cops showed up to see what they were doing or whatever they ran off. Mm -hmm. But but all the stuff I read in the report was about like how these guys were afraid of the cops because they didn't want to get in a shootout with the cops. But they were on their way to like some they're in some like, you know, militant group, but it's just black dudes in yeah. the military group. Yeah, sure. It's like the black Black Panther type thing. Yeah. And, they, and they're going out to like meet and train with a bunch of their other people in their group or whatever, which is fine. Mm -hmm. It's fucking fine to do that. But they were so afraid of the cops. They like ran off. But like this made the news that they were like the first thing that I saw about it was like a headline that said, you know, eight heavily armed gunmen, uh, you know, being searched and everybody has a stay at home order or whatever in the area. And I'm just like, who, what's this about? And I read about it. And it turns out it's just a bunch of dudes that had guns. Right. Didn't actually break any laws. As far as anybody can tell the the cops stopped because they were stopped on the side of the road, but they weren't even pulled over or anything, but the cops started demanding that they disarm themselves. So that's, that's, that's what it sounds like. The actual story is right. Mm -hmm. So who the fuck are they to tell these guys to disarm themselves if they're legally armed and they're, you know, but probably the cops did that because they're black. <laughs> sure, sure. But I so mean, a bunch like, of black dudes with rifles. They're like, holy shit. <laughs> but let's even, like, I mean, even take like, a, you know, like a white militant group that even like might even be like white nationalists. It's like if they're like them yeah. being a white nationalist is not breaking any laws. Them being armed in a state where you can open carry is not breaking any laws. Like, that's right. I hate them, but I defend them to do whatever the fuck they well, want to do. Well, defend their right to do that shit, right? But, exactly. But ultimately, if, if this thing goes where it's headed, then, you know, I might be shooting at them. Well, sure. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. like, well, that's that's well, that, I think that that's going to be the well. I mean, I think that this thing could potentially unify people because it was it was odd to me to like watch the insurrection, which to me was like a you know a level six brouhaha. The only person that died oh. was Ashley Babbitt. Um, and, and well, then, like, and a couple of cops. No, yeah. the cops didn't die. They didn't die there. 
uh, the the one cop they well they died they, they died of of being in really bad shape because they're cops probably and yeah. being super excited about this thing that happened yeah mm. uh, Greenwald wrote a great article about the no the cop- I read it I read yeah it. yeah so he died like a natural shit out of because he's probably yeah. he's totally out of shape but they still did beat the shit out of those cops oh and all this stuff like no that no question weird. like the, the cop getting squished in the in the doorway was like a horrifying to see whatever like yeah. uh, but like but that wasn't the majority I mean what I saw like the majority of the footage that I saw and I watched a ton of it was people basically taking a drunk tour through through the Capitol building. And it's like, yeah. and, 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 and to me, it was like the people that just didn't see that objectively for, for kind of what it was, which was, I think, by design, a failure of the security, uh, you, know, uh, you know, allegedly. Um, and, and like, you know, the ones, the cops opening the gates, that's never been explained. I mean, like a bunch of just weird shit that happened. And then, and then I didn't say that out loud for a while that I thought it was suspicious. And then now the way that our elite are using that as a way to implement draconian laws that will squash down any dissidents, including the like people on the left who were saying how horrible this was in the end of our democracy. It's like, those aren't, those aren't on the left again. You're yeah. talking about liberals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know the funny thing is is that that uh, and i think i've said this even on your show before but the um the insurrection if they would have been fighting for the right shit i would have been all for it like, oh yeah totally yeah, yeah, totally like i, I would have had no problem with any of it um but but the and i still think one of the funniest images is that dude like standing there with nancy pelosi's lectern be all like hey, yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> which was I perfect think, i think that's amazing like i, I mean, think that's really funny and, yeah but the, but liberals are super offended like how dare you touch anti nancy's fucking and it's just like go fuck yourself look there's there's going to be a, a carpenter that got a job now because he gets to make another one of those things. He'll probably charge <laughs> $10,000 for it and the federal government will pay for it. So right. some carpenter is going to make a bunch of money making a new one. You know, like what, yeah. have, what, have, what have we really lost here? This isn't like a big deal. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I couldn't give a shit at all and about like, any of that stuff. You know, even even though these these people that were invading it thought that you know Trump was the next coming of Christ that was going to cure the world of pedophiles and bill gates yeah they're morons they're morons yeah, they're, they're uh morons. morons with like no no sort of belief system so they'd fall into a cult like which you know i uh, i just watched like the heaven's gate cult documentary america is is kind of a cult yeah you know? well, i would say the political parties are cults i mean really yeah, yeah uh, but america as a whole this whole like you know uh america is great this american exceptionalism shit that's a fucking cult too yeah like really unbridled nationalism becomes very culty like mm. well for, because like I, you know, I have a thing about this, like 50 years ago. Yeah. A little over 50 years ago, like we landed on the moon. So as a society, I'm like thinking 50 years ago, you'd be like, wow, man, America, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. did it. Right. Mm-hmm. We did it. We landed on the moon before anybody else, you know, all this stuff. There are things that our country has done that I think are legit that people could be uh, uh, proud of, you know, mm-hmm. proud of pr- pride in your country isn't necessarily a bad thing. Patriotism isn't a bad thing, but the way that I look at patriotism is like a parent looking at their child. I consider my child my my country. And so when my child does wrong, I want to correct it because I love my child. Because I love my child. Sure. I want to correct my child because I want my child to be the best it can be. And that's the right way to look at this shit, I think. When, the way that most people look at patriotism is actually natural nationalism because it's more my country right or wrong right. type of stuff. And that that's that's very unhealthy. And nobody wants to hang out with somebody's kid 
who acts like that, uh, you know, who's raised like that, where where their parent just treats like no matter what they do, their parent like excuses them and and supports them anyway. And like, you know, yells at the victims of what of their own child's behavior, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this sort of stuff like that child never turns out. OK, no. So so we essentially have a spoiled, rotten child as a country. Like that's what our country is because it doesn't listen to, to, to us as its parents. It doesn't even recognize us as its parents anymore. So, it, you know, our government, our, our, they just do what they want. So my question that always comes up is that I always ask people, you know, they're like, I'm proud to be American. And, and I'm like, of what? Proud of what? What have we done? They're like America is the greatest. America does all these great things. And I'm like, since, since the turn of the century, Name the great American accomplishment in the last two decades that we should all hang our hat on and be like, that's America right there. Mm. People can't come up with one. Sure. Like I've never had somebody come up with one. You know, they come up with some bullshit ones, uh, but they're dumb, right? Like one guy said, well, we elected a black president, a guy who would have never voted for Barack Obama. Well, we elected a black president. That's pretty cool. And I'm like, we should have been able to elect black presidents the whole time mm-hmm. getting up to where you're like just level on that one point isn't an accomplishment. It doesn't make us exceptional. It just makes us like to the baseline of what's acceptable you know, in right. a society. So like um, it is a cult though. Like, you know, all the going right back to the U S flag code thing, all the people wearing the goddamn flag as clothing and, you know, talk about America, we're the best, whatever, you know, the people that watch the Olympics, and root against, you know, human beings from another country just because mm-hmm. they're in a different color. Yeah. You know, this is all very culty shit. Like all of it is. For sure. And and it, it's interesting. I, I, I don't know if I've ever said this to you before when we've interviewed you in the past. And like what, it, what it's kind of starting to look like to me in a lot of ways is like I, I've always found uh, like Asia, many like many countries in Asia to be very interesting in terms of like them things kind of ending up the same way in different ways. And I'll explain what I mean. Like in terms of like, you know, Asia largely, uh, yeah, I think in numbers, I mean like in an absence of religion, I'm not being pro-religion here, so bear with me, but it's like in an absence of religion, the religion becomes the state, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, and then, okay, yeah. and then, and then, and then instead of it being about the individual, which I think that we've held on to sometimes to our detriment, the collective becomes the, what's important, which is the state. And then mass death happening all around you, like with the Great Leap Forward in China, uh, what Japan was up to in World War II, Jesus fucking Christ, uh, Vietnam in many ways, North Korea. It's like this kind of similar human tragedy ha- happens in all these kinds of ways because they do become cults where you need to like excise the other. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And, and that's what I've really found. Strange. But that's also the same. That, that, but that's that same thing applies to like Marxists online. For sure. Like, you know? Like they they become a, a, a well. Wh- are you like me? You're not like me. Then you're not mm-hmm. worthy like me. And, and that's really that's really where cults and and religions. I mean, just generally because I don't even know where to draw the line between the two. They, no, um, it's difficult. It, it is uh, is that you know that's ultimately what it's about is that it's and that's why religion is so powerful mm-hmm. um, and why nationalism is so powerful is because it allows people to pretend that other human beings aren't fully human beings they're they're somehow lesser human beings yes and once you can say that they're lesser human beings well then it doesn't really matter like it's only a hop skip and a jump to they're not actually human beings and at that point like you can do whatever you want to them. like it's not a human being like what do i care i could kill them i could do whatever exactly i mean it's a super dangerous uh uh you know way of looking at things dogma generally speaking i think is dangerous you know to society 
Mm-hmm. Agreed. And and like as somebody who, you know, wasn't a Trump supporter is not one, you know, I found it very peculiar that, you know, when Biden wins, um, you know, this still otherization of 70 million people that voted for him. And it's like, how about you try talking to them? That might maybe do something, you know, because like a lot of their lives. Just like, don't do it online because <laughs> online it's worthless. But yeah, if of you course. Just go talk right. to them face to face. It would actually probably work. Well, because, I mean, we had real time evidence of this. I mean, Donald Trump won the election because even though he was lying, he went to these failing cities that like based on industries that don't exist there anymore and told them he would do something for them. Right. That's literally all it took. Well, even funnier than that, we had two presidents in a row prior to Biden who were elected on the basis of promising universal health care, getting us out of wars that we were in um, and bringing jobs back. Right. There's two in a row. Right. Different parties and neither one followed through. (laughs) Right. But it's two in a row, so it seems like that. It seems like that might be what the people want. I don't know. Right. Maybe that's what they want. Which, which it makes it makes storming the Capitol building seem not all that insane. Allegedly, no, of course not. You know, so I mean, it was dumb. It wasn't insane. Dumb. The issue. The other uh, other big problem here is that, and and you know, this is a hard thing to confront with people on the right, as somebody on the left who used to be on the right, but right wing, they see the government as a problem. Like that's their dogma. Their dogma is that if the government's involved, it's going to make things worse, right? And to some extent, they're right, because the government we have works for corporations, not for people in the first place. Mm -hmm. So they have lots of proof that the government getting involved makes it worse. They just haven't put it together that the reason why it gets worse is because the government is paid by the companies that will have the power if the government doesn't have it, right? Yes. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if we actually had a representative government, a real representative government with people like myself in there who are representing the people in my district and doing what's best for them, um, then government would be effective, actually, mm-hmm. right? In, in a lot of ways. So, um, but but they have this dogmatic belief that, like, government is always bad and and it's difficult to overcome that when you look at our fucking government. It's like a, it's a nightmare. Yeah. Like it, and so, you know, it's always like, yeah, but it doesn't have to be that shitty. And they're always kind of like, you know, roll your eyes. Like, yeah, I guess. Right. Know, yeah. Thing. And it's, it's tough too. Cause it happens on the other side too. It's like, you know, of course ca- capitalism is sort of memed into being this horrible thing, but it's like ethical companies do exist. Like Costco pays a living wage. They pay, give benefits, like full benefits. They give, they pay really well. Their employee retention is like a hundred percent in and out pays fan, like they pay managers a hundred thousand dollars like know. for real and then uh crater joe's another one is a german company but still like it, it, these ethical capitalist companies do technically exist but most of them aren't publicly traded companies mm-hmm. and it's yeah, like but, ah yeah well that's true that's true about the publicly traded part i think that's a big part of it but also um i i wholeheartedly believe that it's it, so the way I explain it is always about markets. So everybody talks about the free market. They always talk about, you know, especially on the right, but liberals do too. Well, the free market, free market. Well, they're usually saying uh, laissez faire capitalism. That's what they're actually referring to when right. they say free market. They're talking about laissez faire, which is the government more or less stays out of the business process. Um, that's not actually free market capitalism. We, uh, as as the people here, the, we are the market for any given product, and we either want it or we don't. Um, so, like in televisions, as a market, 
you're, we are a free market because you can go to any store that retails televisions and you'll have an idea in your head about like, I want to spend X amount of dollars and I want this kind of quality and this kind of size and this whatever. And then you go to the store and they either have one that meets the demand, what you want, you know, for the money you're going to spend or they don't. If they don't, you say, no, never mind. I'm not buying any of them. And you leave. That's a free market. A free market is not just about like I have choices between things, but I can say no to all things available. Yes. That's a free market. Um, so there are good free markets. Like I said, televisions and you know these types of things, things that are optional that you don't need to have to live. Mm-hmm. But if you get leukemia, the hospital, you know, first off, there's going to be one drug company that has the right drug for your leukemia, the specific type you have. And the hospitals and whatever else are going to be, uh, you know, they know that you can't say no to all treatment involved like, because you're going to die. Like you can't just walk out. It's not just saying no to a television. You're going to die if you don't get the treatment. Mm-hmm. So you have to pay for it. So that's not a free market. That's a captive market. And in a captive market, the prices always go through the roof and quality always goes down. That's how it fucking works. It's not even hard to figure that out. And and if we just viewed like if people just understood that part of of all economics, if they only understood that we'd be fine. Right. We would be totally fine because if we controlled those captive markets, um, either through public ownership, like the government itself running like the whole medical system or something like that, mm-hmm. or through heavy, heavy regulation through the government, but some sort of a representative body that can control um, these market marketplaces. Yeah, even like small scale, like PG&E, Edison, like- Right, yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. Yes. So in all those cases, the thing is, is like you, you yeah, because electricity is a requirement at your mm. house. And it's not like they can run a different line to your house from a different power plant that owns owned by a different guy. No, right. Right? It's just, it's a grid. So it's just what it is. And for whatever reason, certain people get to profit off of this. For and why? Why the fuck are people profiting off of this? Why are why are any electrical companies publicly traded at all? Like, how's that a right. thing? I have no idea. Like, I've asked that one a lot. Yeah, it's insane. But because we can't say no to electricity, not in this world that we live in currently, right? Like this this is how the world works. If we want to have a job, we want to be productive, we want to do anything, we have to have electricity. So, um, you know, and and so captive markets always go to shit. And, you know, Southern California Edison is a great example of this because, I mean, you guys live here. There are more solar panels on houses any all across this, this state than I've ever, you know, I mean, it's insane. Like mm-hmm. every other house is like covered in solar panels practically. Mm-hmm. So there are tons of houses that are generating their own electricity. Also schools everywhere have like the covered parking with the huge electrical uh, grids on those and and during the summer there's not school so guess what that's just feeding into the system right you got mm-hmm. all this stuff there's nobody there they're just feeding it in we have all this uh, this stuff and still when it gets hot all of a sudden we get blackouts and shit and nobody can and that didn't used to happen and and our and our population is shrinking so there are fewer people here right than there were a couple of years ago right and still we can't handle it and what's actually going on because i have a friend that works at S- at SCE, and he told me about this and i verified What's actually going on is that like the Edison has the capacity to have enough electricity for everybody. It's just that it costs them more money to ramp up that much to, to have the capacity to make sure everybody has air conditioning at their house or whatever. 
right? It costs them more money to do it. So that so in the bottom line, they lose a little bit of money, even though everybody's paying for that electricity, because there's like some tipping point where they start spending a lot more money to get the output to a certain level. Right. And so at that point, like they they instead they just have these rolling blackouts and brownouts and stuff and they say sorry we don't have enough electricity well what they also because they're not willing to give up the money but they end up killing fucking elderly people that don't have ac that work and all you know because their ac turns off and they like boil in their houses and right like there's all kinds of bad shit that happens and i'm like why i mean even even why even, even for us like you know we don't make a ton of money and we don't have central air and what happened to our electricity bill for just running ceiling fans it doubled it doubled they say charge more during high demand times of year yeah, it's fucking bullshit, dude. And I, like, but and and whatever, like, what else goes into your house? Like, we have natural gas and we have uh, water here at our house. Yeah, I think it should be electric. Our our water heater. And yeah, our, yeah. I mean, our house is but, from but the nineteen thirties, so yeah, yeah. it's like it, it's a retrofit at this point. <laughs> so but, like, the government would have to like uh, pay for the changeover, I think, right. which would be fine. Yeah, um, but like, yeah, like, natural gas. Um, so you got to have heat. You got to have uh, some sort of way of cooling yourself if it's really really hot. Right. Um, you got to have uh, food. Right. You know, you got to have water. And, you know, all those things are privately sold. Well, I mean, but, the, but at, least, yeah, at, the, le- <laughs> at least the two utilities, like, you know, natural gas and water is through the city. It's not, it's not. Oh, like, yours is through the city? Through the city, yeah. Oh, okay. Is yours not? No. Oh, shit. Oh. I did not know that. No. No, we, like, I think it's more of an L.A. thing that you have, like, PG, or, like, you have uh, whatever the uh, L.A. power, water and power authority yeah, yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have that out here. So holy um, shit, is it like yeah. what company is it? Southern California Edison. It's just like, oh fuck, they do your water and power too. Wow. No, no, they do my power. Your... My water is a local water district called the Monta Vista Water District. Okay. Oh, um, but yeah. but it's also private. Like it's privately run and Jesus, and whatever. So, um, and they have these crazy ways of doing their bills that like, um, you know don't account for all kinds of, you know, like we have this huge yard, but we rent, right? So it's not like we have this huge grass yard that our dogs and our, our child get to play in and stuff. And, mm-hmm. but we rent here. So people have said like, Oh, you should just put the, you know, the artificial grass back there. So you don't have to water it or whatever. I'm like, it's not my house, man. You know how much yeah. money it would cost to do a yard that big in that artificial grass? Stuff? Yeah. Not, it not, would cost a ton of money. Not to mention, wow. I mean, like, so you like that stuff where you live, where it gets super hot, gets yeah. scalding hot. I mean, she like yeah. Daphne wouldn't be able to walk. Oh yeah. No, t- for sure. Exactly. Yeah. You'd have to have a, a cover over the top of it. To keep <laughs> yeah. From, Which then we're just the, more money, more money. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But, but like, you know, so, so, you know, we have to water the lawn to keep it alive and everything else. And I, I've done all I could. I've like got a, you know, smart, water thing that like you know judges your weather and cuts back when it's cooler or when it's raining which is never and you know all this sort of stuff but even then like i've had a couple water leaks where like uh you know a plant root got into like a sprinkler valve and like you know and i don't notice it for a couple weeks and next thing i know i've got like you know all mud and you know the whole front yard or whatever and then like I get this bill and if there's like three tills on my tears on my water bill, it's like, you know, uh, efficient use and then like, you know, excessive use. And then like, mm-hmm. you know, this crazy, whatever they call it, like, you know, you're, you're a complete asshole use, um, at the, at the <laughs> other end. And, and the third one costs way more money than, than like, it costs more than the first two combined would. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a punishment they're trying to do to you or whatever, yeah. but I'm just sitting here like, well, I don't know where they get the baseline. 
for like what the efficient use is because are they judging that off of a house with a huge ass lawn in the back that it has to be watered to to stay alive because you know that's that's what i have and on top of that a lot of people over the you know the last the last drought were like oh you know uh we should really have you know no grass or whatever because we got to uh, we got to cut back it. And I had read an article that showed that like, if, if every household cut back, like the amount that they were saying, it would make a difference in total usage of like 4%. Right. Wow. Because, because most of the money or most of the water is going to agriculture. Right. And they get it all for fucking free. Most of them have these like lifetime contracts with the state of California and they take all this well water and groundwater and they just take it for free. Mm-hmm. Nestle gets water for free from California too. And they own a lot of the private water as well, which is terrifying. Yeah. yeah. So like, so like I'm just sitting there going, you know, by the way, private water, that shouldn't be a thing unless it's like no. your swimming pool in your yeah, backyard. Exactly. Like no. there shouldn't be such a thing as private water. Like no. that's fucking crazy. It's, ter- but, it's a terrifying prospect. Yeah. But, but because like, again, requirement. All life on this planet, as far as I'm aware, requires water to live. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, so like that's literally given some like it's giving an oligarch, some rich some son of a bitch who's probably a sociopath because most rich people are. Yes. The ability to just kill as many human beings as it was. And, and again, like not to mention and uh, is like California, we get most of our water actually that goes to us from Colorado. So most of the private water that's owned by Nestle goes to their bottled water and all their stupid shit they do. Yeah. And so like most of our, I remember because when I lived in Colorado, that was a huge point of contention. It's like so much of our water from the Colorado River Basin was going to California. And they're like, why? Fucking why? It's because they have a massive contract with, with, with California or right. Colorado well, to do this. And not for nothing, uh, I don't know the exact number, but the California agriculture feeds Colorado and everybody else like, you know, like it's a big deal like there's a i think there's more farming like more food in this state than anywhere else uh that's feeds you know feeds the the country so uh, and the world uh, and like a diversity of uh agriculture as well like you know like yeah these, these like mono 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 crop uh, mono monoculture crop states like you know that that's only kansas gonna, yeah kansas i mean corn's only gonna go so far you know so it's it's that kind of thing but uh yeah yeah so so that's that's a big thing is so i just always look at it like um like i get these water bills and i'm just like dude yeah you know and so like one time we had this huge leak i had to like document and send them this stuff and then they were gonna like refund me but then ultimately it only brought me down into like the middle of the pricing tier thing so they only refunded me like a few bucks but i'm just like I'm like, where do you even put the, like, how do these tiers even work? Cause I, I promise you, I'm not like bathing, you know, every day. Like I'm not just pouring water over myself, like a constant shower. They, like we water our lawns. We, we, our daughter gets a bath every other night. Right. We clean our dishes, <laughs> you know, yeah. we wash our car occasionally, like every few weeks, right. but we do that ourselves. But like, this is not like, we're not we're not some gluttons for water, but we end up paying fucking hundreds of dollars. And it like matters. We're, we're billed every couple months. I think it's bi monthly, and we mm-hmm. it costs us like four hundred fifty bucks every couple wow. months. Wow! And that's and that's totally based on uh, it, and this this this. And what's so funny is like that it gets back to that concept of how expensive it is to be poor. It's like this doesn't yeah. affect people who you know make you know the money that they, they don't have to care about it, and like probably are the largest consumers of electricity, water and gas, you know, because it's like, well, who gives a shit? This is like a drop in the bucket. No pun intended. Yeah. And I never back when they were telling us all to cut, cut back. I never cut back because I was like, if you're not going to cut back the agriculture people, because and it's not really most of them, but the ones that piss me off are the uh, almond farmers. Yeah. 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 So it's thirsty, yeah. 
thirsty fucking crop for such a low yield. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and it's just like, come on, man. And yeah. most of that even, like from what I read, m like more than half of the almonds they make go into other uses anyway. It doesn't even go to like eating. Mm -hmm. It's not food. It's like makeup and shit like that. Wow. So yeah. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, why are these people doing? And I, I, I talked with one of those guys. I met one, one of them at one of my events, and and he was like, he was like, oh, I just wanted to see what's going on. I heard you. Were, and I go, what do you do? He's like, and he's like, I'm an almond farmer, and I about like stared uh, daggers through him. You know, I'm like, and he told me it was like third generation. So like, you know, it's this familiar generational wealth that like just keeps coming through and sure. and, and whatever. And I'm like, can't you grow it anywhere else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he's like, he's like, well, no, not really, because you need like an arid climate, but it can't get below a certain temperature, and it's got to be above a certain or below a certain altitude. And I'm just like, then we do without almonds. Like, is that a big deal? Because I, you know, like, is there is there some essential use for almonds that we have to have almonds no for or, like it, it just, just seems nuts import them or something but it's like you know but I, but I immediately said Colorado would probably work for you like it, the lower elevations in Colorado it probably was uh, like but then we'd have to he goes then the the trees take like three years before they even make any right whatever and I'm just like so you don't actually like it's not really about finding a place right it's right. just that you don't want to move <laughs> and like with you know right. like as, I'm a fan of almonds but as like a you know it, it, I wouldn't mind it being a luxury item you know what I mean have like, you ever milked one <laughs> I describe it by its little almond teats and just yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> <laughs> you ever milked a cat fucker? Um, uh, 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 so uh, we, since we're kind of on local politics, I wanted to uh, get uh, Caitlin twenty twenty two or Ka Caitlin Jenner for for governor. How do you? What's your thoughts? I she lost me when she tweeted about Gavin Newsom letting all the murderers out. I was like, okay, we're done because yeah. like. She's married to a woman who has all her money from being married to a guy who got O.J. Simpson off for murder. Yes. Yeah. Plus, she murdered somebody. Yes. Yes. She certainly did. So I'm like, maybe this is the wrong tact to take uh, here, white lady. She yeah. turned into a white lady, though. She's like yeah. a total Karen. Now. Yeah, the no, she's like a white lady. Like an Orange County mom. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's hilarious. I, I think it, she is so funny, like so much so that I actually want her to win. And let me tell you why. Because I don't think that anything that she would do, like, so what I like about her <laughs> is that Newsom goes, he, he does that, that stupid politician talk, like, folks are really struggling out here. We're going to take care of folks, the thumb thing. That hey, we're going to take care of everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the Clinton thing. He's yeah, the first one that did the, the thumb. Because thumb, pointing's too aggressive. And what I like yeah. about Caitlyn Jenner is she, the first interview she gets about her governorship, she goes, I don't want my neighbor in his hangar to move away. I mean, it's, uh, where are they going to keep our private planes? Oh, taxes are too high. And I'm like, <laughs> yep, this is the kind of clown show that California needs. Like, this is exactly it. And I also love that she's trans, but not the right kind of trans for liberals. And it's just, it's yeah. just, it's a Why? Why is she not the right kind of trans? Because she doesn't have the right politics. Because it never was about being trans they cared about. It's about being a, like a, a liberal trans person. That's what they care about. Uh, it's not about human rights. It's about, it's about clothing. It's fashion you know yeah. it's fashionable to care about trans people but if they're not the wrong kind of trans which she is she's a problematic trans person that's yeah that's the same same argument i always have with the with the k-hive types that are like you need to listen to black people and i'm like i do number one but number two which ones y exactly 
Like, is it Candace Owens? Am I supposed to like, because if you like, I'll listen to her. I don't know that I'll like it necessarily, but if that makes a difference to you, maybe I'll, I'll give her a shot, you know, or, or is it a Condoleezza Rice? Should I really be worried about her take on the wars and what's going on? Right. Right. Like, How about Nick Cannon? Any, yeah, Nick Cannon. I love his new tattoos and stuff. And I really like the <laughs> yeah. singer. He's got a great, so like, uh, he's really got a great outlook. Very. He's like a Hotep guy now. He he's is like totally a black Hotep. Israelite. Yeah, it's tight. I love it. Oh, is he? He's a black Israelite. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, oh. he's like, uh, we, you know, we were Egyptians, and uh, we, like, we are stronger because we're that's, mel- that's melanated, the, kind of thing. I think that's the same as those, the, the, like, those militant Black Panther uh, people down in the south. That are, that's like the same thing. Is yeah, the, yeah, and uh, it's basically that's just gnarly. like I like those guys though. No, I know. I mean, like to me, it's 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 so uh, it's so benign that it's it just becomes sort of funny because like yeah. like you know Beethoven was black, and you're like no, <laughs> you know, like they just kind of like they claim every person who had like but at the same time on the other side you have people complaining because they might make james bond i don't know if they did or not because i don't follow james bond but they might like idris alba was going to play him or something like Mm -hmm. that so they're like they're like oh james bond's gonna be black how how can that be i'm like he's not real right yeah you know that james bond didn't exist like he's not like an actual person right and and he could be whatever the fuck you want him to be he could be a woman he could be like what what the fuck's the difference it's a fake person (laughs) <laughs> like yeah, the the only like the only uh, exception that I made was like there was a push to make him like a woman, and I'm like, well, then that changes the entire concept of the character. You know, it's like I I wouldn't have cared at all if it was Idris Elba, but like that's true because then, any chick can get laid all or, the time, <laughs> right? right? Just, yeah, and it's she like, could just walk in and be like, hey, who hey, wants some? Yeah. And then dudes would just be like, oh my god, yeah, it's my and, opportunity. Exactly. Like and, the whole thing about James Bond was that he was able to seduce all these women, and like that's what makes him seem so whatever man. And and also like too, what I liked, I mean, they made him more complex because. Ian Fleming books, he was like a total fucking drunk and a piece of shit. And like, so there's like his womanizing wasn't really I probably glamorous. liked that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he's a fun fucking complicated character. But yeah, that was always funny to me. But uh, yeah, the black Israelite thing. So is he was more like Archer. Yes. Like yeah. the original. Archer's actually a great, uh, yeah, that's like actually pretty much exactly what it was. Like total <laughs> reckless. I love, I love Archer. It's one like of my the first favorite shows pieces. of all time. Yeah, it got, it got a little strange there at the end. But uh <laughs> Um, and I'm also such a Jessica Walter fan, rest in peace, that uh, yeah. she, she was the best. Um, yeah. Perfect encapsulation of uh, Republican women. But um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, like, but, yeah, so I don't know. I just would find the whole prospect so fucking hilarious. She doesn't stand a chance, but. I don't think it really matters. Like, mm-hmm. Gavin Newsom's a piece of shit. So, like, you know, whatever. I don't really care. The thing that bothers me is that, like, he's ripe for the picking, Gavin Newsom right now it's just that we got this clown show where like all these people jump into this race and it's and probably he's gonna win again yeah he i think he will mm-hmm. too you know and it's just like fuck. like there's like a hundred candidates in it now and and it's you know i mean it's democracy gone amok but like gavin newsom's a shitbag like he shouldn't be like he, dude he vetoed the reason why i signed the paperwork to to recall him in the first place was that he vetoed ring choice voting a couple years ago yep. yeah like you know three years ago because it threatened his power yeah so i'm just like you know fuck this guy mm-hmm. like you know I, I didn't like him to start with we went through that before the joe isuzu thing yeah, yeah, yeah but 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 also the ring choice voted thing i'm just like you know he, he has no interest in doing what we need at any point so you know i just wish there was like one good somebody that would go up against him that you know could uh, fund it or whatever yeah i mean like you know what sucks is the recall people got behind that john cox doofus and so it's like well you know yeah i'm not related to that asshole by the way so uh, yeah. <laughs> he's the, like, he, the wrong cox 
No, he's the worst Cox. Yes. Like, I would, yeah. I, w- I wouldn't even let him use any of my logos or nothing. Like the guy's <laughs> a shitbag. But but I do think it's really funny that he go like I did. My mom had to explain this to me actually. I didn't even understand it at first. But apparently he calls himself the Beast, right? <laughs> Which looking at him, nah. Like, I'm, there, there's no part of looking at that guy where I'm like, man, I, I'm kind of afraid of him. Like, uh, he, he would really, you know. Uh, uh, but apparently he does that because he is called Gavin Newsom the beauty, right? Because he's just like this, whatever. I don't yeah. know. Oh, he's like is, a, Gavin, yeah. is Gavin Newsom attractive? Uh, objectively, yes. I mean, uh, okay. yeah. And it still is, surprisingly. And, and uh, But because, like, I always say that he's a sexy haircut out of central casting. I mean, like, he's not a real politician because, like, I like over the years of knowing who he is, and, and keep in mind, like, being gay, I do give him a lot of credit, like, if you, for pushing for gay rights, like, way before anybody else did. I mean, he, like, when he was in San Francisco, before he became mayor, like, he was a pretty good force for good progressive issues. Like I have to give him credit at least for that, at least for the gay issue. I mean, he was very focused on it. Well, but but if you're in San Francisco, it, it's popular uh, to do that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So you're actually just doing what's best for your political career. At that but it's but as somebody that I knew even then had had aspirations for national politics, it was still kind of a risky move. And this is like back in 2004. Like I mean, this is a long time ago. Uh, when he was still married to Guilfoyle, which is also hilarious. Um, Wait, what? He was married to Kimberly Guilfoyle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then he cheated on her with his best friend's wife. And then I think now they're married. I, I, there's a, I might have the timeline mixed up a little bit, but he was married to Kimberly Guilfoyle. Yeah. That's a really shitty person, by the way, that does all those things like in a row. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's and so like that's a mark. Like you could do one of those things and just be a, have a bad, like, you know, oh, this was a real bad thing that I did. And, it, you know, yeah. But to do those things in sequences, like that's, that's it, it really it's it's incredible person. it's incredible um but just the central casting thing it's like or joe azuzu it's like 10 years of 15 years 15 to 10 years of like this downtrodden group this downtrodden group this 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 and that and then nothing ever happened it's it just like it's just it was so much talk and also but he feels your pain though that's the thing about it that's, mm-hmm. that's the most important part yeah is that is that the politicians uh, sympathize with you. Yeah, that's it. That, but it, see, if the politicians actually fix the problems, then you wouldn't. Uh, they wouldn't have. They wouldn't be able to sympathize with you anymore. <laughs> well, well, exactly. Because like at the end of the day, he's a debutante wine merchant. You know, so it's <laughs> yeah, like right. there's just no there's just no no help, helping there. But to me, it's like just for the clown show uh, of everything. It would Caitlyn Jenner would be really funny to me. Yeah, I'd be mm-hmm. fine. I, I don't honestly really care, but. You know, I just don't want him in there, but he's probably yeah. going to stay. Yeah. yeah. The second yeah. he started to turn into Oprah, I'm like, oh, he's going to like. You get a car. Yeah, you get a car. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You get a check. You. It was funny. There was a picture when he decided on the on June 15th to reopen everything and make it some grand announcement that was so also very Hollywood and funny. There's this image I love. It's like one of those images of the end of the world where he's like standing. He's at Universal Studios. He's standing behind a row of those oh, mi- yeah, minions. And he's like, it, yeah. he's like looking up at the sky. And then there's yeah. like these two sad Latina women holding the $50,000 checks. Like everything you d- you destroyed everything. But OK, <laughs> thank you. And like it just became and he's just like, wow, I'm. Hmm. Yeah. If it wasn't for me, where would everybody be? Yeah, exactly. These these underpaid people in these minion costumes would not have a job it's like i saw this video i saw a video of uh of uh, aoc and 
Ayanna Presley or somebody. I don't know who the second person was because I only caught a, cl- a, a small clip of it. Mm-hmm. But it was at a climate rally and, and they're like jumping together and like everybody's around them like yelling and they're all holding signs. And I'm like, it's just like a fucking narcissist to show up to a climate rally and make that about you too. You know? Right. Yeah. Like, come on, man. You know, this is about the planet. It's not about your, you know, small minded little bullshit. Well, exactly. <laughs> and, and well, that's the thing is like, I, I think in the age of social media and she's a social media politician, like a, like probably one of the first aggressive social media politicians. Oh, Obama mm-hmm. was too, but, but like, I mean, just in terms of it escalating to the level it is now, integrity is just dead. It's like, so just yeah. going and doing something good without it being documented you know, if you go to a homeless shelter and make soup and you put it on Instagram, well, then you've now lost the good deed. It, it doesn't exist anymore. That's right. That And you know what? I wish more people understood this. There's an episode of Letterkenny that touches on this. Um, if you guys, wa- you guys should watch Letterkenny if you don't. Um, but where he's talking about like, like, oh, uh, they're, they're having this uh, Squirrely Dan as one of the characters and they're having this conversation about doing a good deed um, for, for other people. And the main character, Wayne, he was like, well, we'll just go do a good thing. And then, you know, you, the reward is how you feel after you did it. Right. And they're like, well, if nobody knows about it, then what's the point? You know, yeah. like, why, why would you even do it in the first place? And he's just like, well, but, but that's the same logic, which, and what, what he points out is, and it's true. And I've known this for a long time, like understood it for a long time. Um, which is that if you, the moment you want something for yourself, it's not charity anymore. Right. It's that simple, which is why cops can't be heroes, right? While they're on duty. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be a hero if you're a cop because that's your job. Right. You know, yeah. like it, that's the position you put yourself in. You volunteered, you're getting paid for it. Uh, you know, sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> the heroes are the people that do it. that don't get anything in return. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's and, and you, and how few people like that there actually are, which is, uh, well, you know. it hurts me as a politician too, because I get opportunities sometimes, um, and I turn them down, you know, like to go to, to, to grandstand at a certain thing. And I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, uh, today I would have gone to one today. There was one today that I would have gone to. There was a, a free, uh, for, you know, to free Julian Assange. It was in LA, but I didn't get the invite till yesterday. So uh, it wow. just didn't work out. But, but, uh, but like, otherwise, like most of the time, like it's always these sorts of, you know, like they want somebody who's a politician or whatever that they can say is speaking and then they could have them come speak. But it doesn't necessarily like if I don't feel like I'm bringing something to the table that's necessary for the event, then I don't really want to go. I mean, I might go as an attendee, but I'm not going to I don't want to be like a you know, a person up, up being, you know, talking to other people from right. a microphone or whatever. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a very unusual quality for a politician. And why, well, because we... I'm not a fucking narcissist. That's the thing. Right. That's the thing we always get. Uh, I've been saying this on podcast after podcast, but like, that's the whole problem is we elect people who only care about getting the approval of other people. Yes. And that's where they get their own value. Their own self-worth is from, from other people. Yeah. And, and that's a narcissist. And so, um, you know, when those people go to D.C., even if they had good intentions when they got elected, when they go to D.C., all they do is turn around and want the approval of those motherfuckers, the people in D.C. who are pieces of shit. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when you're seeking their approval, which is natural for a narcissist to do because they don't care, they just want to fit in. They want to have people like them. So, you know, you're that's what we said. The people who are the best at running for office 
are narcissists. They're the ones that are best at winning offices, but they're the worst at actually being in office. You don't want those people to yes. actually go to D.C. to fight for what we need. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like it's a real weird, um, you know, sort of dichotomy we have with that, that kind of it's fucking everything up because we keep electing the wrong people. Right. <laughs> we yeah. just keep doing it. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, you know, we all, we all sort of have like narcissistic ten tendencies, but it's very seldom people recognize them and, and cut it out, you know? Yeah. So, or at least like just like, at very least like have awareness, but, uh, now with the uh, COVID co coming down to or winding down whatever degree that it is, um, which is, it's hard to get any accurate information on that. Um, what is the next other than your TV ads that you're working on? Uh, what is the next uh, plan for your campaign? Um, well, I'm going to, I am going to a rally, I think, uh, if it's still held, uh, um, and for Medicare for all in LA, I'll be, I'll be speaking at it on the 28th of July. So, um, that that's one where I know that I can make a really good point. Um, and that I can add something, you know, that I know that not a lot of people are saying at these types of events. Yeah. And I hope it's on video cause it's going to be a good one. Cause I already wrote my speech. <laughs> uh, Great. so I'm going to, I'm going to make sure somebody, somebody films it good. so that it can go out uh, more than just the, you know, thousand or 2000 people that'll be there probably. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but, but outside of that, honestly, I, um, I'm going to get these ads up and running the, the new videos and stuff, but, uh, you know, I need to bring in money until I bring in money. I, I don't really, uh, there's not a lot I can do. Yeah. You know? So, I have a lot of plans once I have money, but, yeah. but I need the money. Yeah. And, and you know, what sucks is I had before this campaign started, I, I like, I almost quit and didn't, didn't run and whatever. I told you about that before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but um, you know, part of what kept me going and make, made me want to actually do this was that I had two different um, fundraising things lined up that were like going to go like that was going to work out well. Um, one was this person who I had gone on her podcast before and, and then she just like, I don't know, decided she wanted to help me or whatever. And she's helped other political campaigns in her home state of Colorado. And um, so she had this friend supposedly that was going to create a fundraising app or whatever that was going to help uh, fundraise for the campaign and whatever that was going to be a, a, like a game changer. And she had made all these promises. And the, pro the problem is, is I get a lot of people give me a lot of promises about shit that they're going to do to help the campaign. Like there's a lot of people that come around talking about, Oh man, I'm going to, I could do this. I could do that. I really want to help. But in the end, like goddamn nine out of 10 times, they, they don't follow through, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so it just kind of leaves me hanging here. And so that person didn't follow through. And then, um, also the organization that I had signed a contract with, um, uh, what were they called? The uh, grassroots fundraising, um, Th those people canceled my contract because I, because I was criticizing Democrats for the not giving us two thousand dollar checks that they promised, wow. and so so they canceled the contract before I even got my onboarding. If I would have just got that one contract, I would be funded right now mm -hmm. um, because they had all the donor data that I need to be able to call people to raise the money. That's the trick: is that is the money it, co it costs money to get the data to call the people, yeah, to to raise money. So, um, you know essentially if i don't raise uh, enough money to to start getting those call lists and actually paying for them and stuff like that um then it you know this this campaign will probably die just like the rest of them so i just need to get uh, enough money coming in like i need to raise like 10 grand and it's super frustrating to watch uh the left which supposedly you know is where i land too um everybody's talking about how they're over electoral politics and stuff now because biden and all this other stuff and I'm like, hey, how's it going? Right. Like, 
You know, uh, all these people put all this money into all these Democrat shitheads. And then when the Democrats predictably do what Democrats do by screwing everybody over, uh, now they don't want to donate to politicians. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, sucks. that sucks for me, I guess. But <laughs> well, and it's like, you know? it, and again, too, it's like, I think that everyone thinks that they have some big sort of sway in national politics. And then when national politics goes the way they want or they don't, then they just stop participating in politics altogether. But on a local level is where you can actually make differences in certain places. And like, you yeah. know, independent in California, you know, you know, ranting and raving about things that you care about is a pretty powerful voice to have in Congress. Yeah, for sure yeah. it is. And, and 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 knowing that, you know, the plan is to expand that, to bring in more uh, independence and stuff, because that's ultimately how you bring accountability to Congress is, is you, you, you start firing them. And by them, I mean both parties, you know, because the parties are owned by essentially the same people. Yes. So, so, you know, until you can kick them both out, you're not really going to change a goddamn thing. No. And so, so we need to do that. We need to start kicking them both out. But um, if I don't get enough money to, to either, you know, to, to actually get the list and to pay the expenses that it takes, you, you know, that's part of the problem of being a regular guy like anybody else is that I don't have a bunch of money just sitting here that I can throw in. And if I did, I might not use it, especially at this point. Sure. You know, mm -hmm. because like, um, you know, I'm looking at it, uh, you know, raising a daughter now and, and, you know, with all the uncertainty of our economy and, and everything else, it's like, if I had money, I probably would just disappear. <laughs> yeah. Like if yeah. I had a lot of money, I would just disappear probably and have my yeah. kid with me and we would just figure out a way to live somewhere else. You know? Sure. Yeah. But, well, but, uh, but so, no, I'm just saying like, uh, so I need to raise money. That's really the big thing. So uh, until that happens, I don't really have a lot of plans because everything I need to do costs money. That's well, I think, right. yeah, yeah. And, and well, we have, we have your, uh, your link down below in the description and vote for Cox.com. And then, uh, yeah. honestly, man, like go like get, I mean, you're a photographer. I, I know. So like you also have friends that probably work in videography. You should go film it and slickly edit it. Uh, and you know what I mean? Like, and, and just like, just, I, I think that like the best thing would just be like, just that event's coming up, something to do. And then just sort of think about the next event and like just ways you can kind of do this. And then, yeah. and then I think that that, that sort of thing is how money will start to come in. Well, in we'll the way see. That you need it. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll yeah. see. But I think these videos, honestly, when they come out, it should do something. It should move so some sort of a needle. Yeah. And so that should be within yeah. a month or two, and, um, hopefully. And uh, uh, by the way, uh, Sean, Jordan volunteered you. Um, I was talking to him. Um, so I hope I hope you're okay with that. <laughs> to <laughs> do what? <laughs> to be an actor in, in some of my videos. Or at least oh, one yeah. Of my videos. No problem. Yeah, so, the yeah. But, I, I but you're going to have to play a straight guy. So is that all right? Can you play a straight guy? If Jordan's okay with me doing my method acting, <laughs> I'm going to have to sleep with a few women. I have to be, yeah, I have to be celibate I mean, for a month. <laughs> I, I know women. I could probably line a couple up for you. <laughs> Uh, the I, I'm not going to spoil the uh, video idea because it's great, but I'll tell you about it. It's really good. Yeah, tell, tell Perfect, me about it later. Yeah, yeah. And, and then when we're all, when we're done here, I want to tell you about my about um, uh, the the speech because I don't want to give that away either. Yeah. Um, oh, great. Yeah. I want to tell I want to tell you guys yep. ahead of time about the speech I'm going to give at the at the Medicare for All rally in for uh, sure in LA on the 28th. It's going to be it's going to be something oh, awesome. Man. I can't wait. All right. Well, we'll let you go. Uh, it's a uh, real Steve Cox on Twitter and then, uh, 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 vote for Cox.com. 
Yep. Uh, Real Steve Cox on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and then voteforcox.com. But, you know, if people can donate, even if it's just a couple bucks or five bucks and just do it every month, that the monthly thing is working now. So you should yeah. be able to just do that. And that, that's that's really helpful. If I could just get a few thousand people to do that, mm-hmm. uh, we'd be yeah, fine. We would have the money we need. You know? Yeah, so. for sure. Well, cool, man. Well, thank you for coming on. And uh, I'm going to do our outro here, and then we'll see you in a second. All right. See you. Thanks, Bye-bye. guys. No way. No way.